Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Have you scanned your MVP card? Breakfast was three eggs, scrambled light with grits and extra crispy bacon. Clip, what's up? It's Bryce. I know, Clip, but people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all better. Let's get to that conversation now. Here is uh, that. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you uh, on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM and Greenville 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And we will uh, be talking to you on today's show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Would love for you to uh, hang out with us today and talk about basketball night in Minji's Pirate Hoops against North Texas tonight. It was basketball morning in Minji's. Let you know what happened with the ECU women when they took on Rice. And uh, a lot more NFL playoffs. A wild one last night in Raleigh. Multiple ejections in the NC State uh, basketball game, Wake Forest game. And we'll talk to Ken Watlington about that coming up later on in hour number one. He'll join us in the Pirate Radio studios. We've got one of the walk-ons, Jack Powers from the Holden Naylor Show. Jack getting ready to watch his 49ers this weekend. Can the Packers make it two upsets in a row? Talk to Jack about that. Some Pirate football. Get Jack's thoughts on all of the players coming in this offseason to help out a struggling ECU team from 2023. So Jack Powers joins us at 4 o'clock. P-Mace, Patrick Mason, joins us at 4.30 to talk ECU athletics. And in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk some Pirate baseball with the catcher Ryan McChrystal and outfielder Jacob Jenkins Coward. So we got Pirate hoops, Pirate football, and Pirate baseball covered on this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Uh, this one's only for the grown folks. No interns today. Shirley Rhodes is here. The big dog, Glenn Griffin, here. And to my left, Sean Chandler Honeycutt. Hey, Chandler. What's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm, how, how's everybody doing? Why did you start to call me Sean and then call me by my actual name? You have a lot of names. I know. Sean, Shan, Chan, 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 the former long snapper, old big head. I mean, you just, you're a man blockhead, of... Blockhead, as you would say. Blockhead. Cinder blockhead. Keep, just keep going. Come on. Don't stop. <laughs> Beanbag chair head. <laughs> just don't sit on it. Candy apple head. Uh, you got a big head. Um, oh, we got a revenge game tonight. <laughs> Tyler points out on YouTube. He says it is a Christina Parrish revenge game tonight. Wasn't she was with like nutrition? Yeah, so she is now North Texas's uh, director oh, yeah. of sports nutrition. The Christina Parrish revenge game. All right, so we need to go out and win tonight and show that we are more nutritious than <laughs> North Texas. I needed some motivation for tonight. I just got it. 
and every bucket. I hope she's at the game and will be pointing like Brandon Johnson at her. Where's, where's Christina at? <laughs> You're going to do like uh, who? Ryan, Ryan Day? Day yeah. The Lou Holtz? I'm not going to shoot her double birds like the state player did last night. Yeah. You see that? Right on camera. What? A, so, I didn't watch this game. I was uh, watching a show on Netflix, uh, Fool Me Once, that Coach Mack has recommended. And I was following on my phone uh x and score app and i was trying to follow everything that was going on we'll have uh ken watlington on to talk about it zach kaplan was there last night i saw that but uh just some wild wild activity in that nc state game that resulted in an nc state player flashing the double bird i believe at a riff when he turned his back kevin keats gets thrown out i mean they won that game they were down they came back and won um what should be the penalty for a player flashing the double bird in a game nothing a game suspension you got to give them something a game or Run two laps <laughs> i mean I, I just i i get that you got to do something okay write an essay on why it's not cool to double bird a referee no i think like uh write off 700 times i will not flash the bird at a ref stone cold made a lot of money flashing the double bird yeah there's money in it that's what i'm saying if he did it on monday night raw i wouldn't (laughs) be talking about it right he did it on tuesday night basketball um is uh one game suspension a half a half no, because he shot two. Okay, all if right. He only all right, one okay, bird, I like it. It's a half. It's I like a half it. per bird. Okay, now we've got some sense. Now we've got common sense legislation. Like, yeah, something you can like put into the ruling. Yeah, I like it. I it's, it's one half per bird, like and it. you went two birds. I like it. Jamie says, uh, cut off the finger. Now that's, that, that's extreme. That, that's it is. But at least go. let's go non-shooting hand. He said just the tip. I think he's still referring Bird to the up. Ah! Um, Eric said it should have been two birds and then a stunner. I would have liked that. That probably would have got you a suspension. Uh, a lot of violence last night in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, Nate had, Oates. Nate Oates pushing a guy, mushing a guy. Now, did, yeah, it was more of a mush it than a push. It was a mush than a push, yes. Yeah. I would say. But will he get suspended? I hope so. That guy's he's proving grimy at this point. It wasn't that much of a push, but if you put your hands on a you can't man on another team's player, yeah, you can't do it. You got to get. I think we're. I I would hand out a one game suspension to both of those guys. You shouldn't touch your own players, right? Yeah, but you definitely shouldn't touch the other team's players. Yeah. I would go one game suspension for the double bird. I'll go one game suspension, Nate Oates, for pushing an opposing player. If you didn't see it, what did you say? Smushing? Mush. Mushing. Um, so he there just, was. He like, mushed him. He was like, just get out of here, pal. There was a talking altercation in front of the Alabama bench between a Missouri player and a Bama player. And Nate Oates, he placed the hand on the chest and he had a follow through. Yeah, it could be a push. But it, it wasn't like a full push. It was a get out of here. Yeah, it was a get out of here guy. Jamie says, it seems like they're not doing anything to Oates. Did push. the other guy push back? No. He he walked to his... I think he walked away. He did the right thing. He got out of there. 
Um, I think there's still time to do something to Oates. They don't play tonight. They yeah, just played you, last they night. They should definitely do something to Oates. Yeah. You can't touch another player, another team's players. Chandler, you, you've been quiet. What, what should seems the like suspensions be? Seems like something Rick I, Barnes I said one do. game. I said one game for the NC State basketball player. What's his I, name? Horn? 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 I wish it was Stone. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> Jeez. But I, I, that, I saw that last night. I heard Shirley groaning in the background. Wow. I know, I heard it too. <laughs> Sorry that you didn't like that. That was a loud groan. Oh, that was good. oh brother. Uh, this guy stinks! <laughs> but I did see the, the state basketball player do what he did, and I was like, yeah, you can't do that. Have you seen Nate I didn't, Oates? I didn't see the Nate Oates. All right, well, let's watch it and uh, see what Chandler thinks. Huh. Is there anything to this? All right, there they are. They're going for it. There's a little bit of talking. Oh, it was a little more. Did he backhand? All right, so Nate Oates gets between the players. Backhand? No. Oh, it was, and he was pointing. Or he had his. So was like it this. forehand? Forehand or backhand? I, I can't know. tell. But that's, he did. That looks like a. It's well, like a side the way push. Your hand is, that's a backhand. And, and I think it was like this into the He guy. hit him a, a, Rick, a Rick player chop. It was a chop. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. What, that's a forehand. At what that time of the basketball game did this happen? I don't know. Why do you ask? If it's, I don't know. I, I mean, that's definitely a game suspension right there. Okay. For touching a player, pushing them, physically yeah. pushing them back. It's a decent, it's a decent shove, actually. Yeah, that was a decent scrum. That was not... I mean, he pushes them right out of the frame. God, I am so wishy-washy. Now, I'm not seeing much. I got to play it on a loop, <laughs> so... It, it's, the shock wears off it, yeah. it, it, with repeated viewings, but, like, in full time, yeah, that's a game suspension. The referee, in real time, that's, that's a game suspension. The referee definitely saw it and did not like it. He goes, hey, 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 hey! And I'm watching a... Uh, a video from Barstool and Barstool Sports says Nate Oates standing on business. What is that? What is that? What you, a, you hated the. He that's is when him. you stand for your convictions, but I don't think believe he's standing for his convictions there at, at, at all. This sounds stupid to me. I will never use that phrase ever. I Ooh. mean, I remember you saying that you didn't like the he is him. Duh, that is terrible. I don't. Yeah. I definitely so don't like that's that. Kind of like I don't in the like cat, that. That's, is that in the category of that? Yeah. Yeah just things why do we have to say things Stand that don't make sense speaking of which um hold on one second the uh acc has just issued a reprimand oh what do we got to dj horn hold on one second is it a strongly worded letter oh i see it right here <laughs> yeah it says it's announced that it has issued a reprimand to nc state's dj horn following the wake forest nc state men's basketball game the reprimand was issued following the league's office review of the game and is based on horn's involvement in obviously the gesture but it says the league will have no further comment on this matter Fair so enough. whatever the reprimand is it's a strongly worded letter you know what my new three-point celebration is if i'm a basketball player the bird boom bang 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 <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving birds down to their whole bench when you find out it's not a suspension they got to go for it now it's got to be the go-to move. God, Larry Bird should have done pew, that. Pew, that should have been his celebration. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, man. Larry Bird should Larry have Bird. Been, he should have just burned oh, it up. Sue Bird. <laughs> Sue Bird, yes. Bird man. <laughs> no, hit the birds and then do this. 
fly bird Double or bird. can't do a bird with the uh, fingers. Oh, yeah, you with the Run up, up to a TV mic and do the sound. And <laughs> 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 player introductions, do it. Uh, all right. Well, we have just learned that uh, giving the finger is not suspension worthy. Is not finable by the NCAA. Well, they're not going to fine a kid. They should. <laughs> you went from nothing to now fining. Yeah. You've come a long way in I three minutes. I think fining is, is, less, is less than uh, game suspension. We're going to look into your NIL and take a percentage of that. <laughs> now we're talking. From Jim's uh, Honda down you the road. You don't get to drive a Dodge Charger this week. You have to drive a... <laughs> my Corolla. Turn in your car. You have to drive a Pinto. Yeah. Speaking of Chargers, did you see the video of the, of the players lining in for Saban's retirement speech no and it was just a line of Dodge Chargers turning into one parking lot no I did not no, I it was like a, it was like a parade of NIL vehicles it was it was beautiful parade of charges um Steve says HWMF HWDU uh MF um but, but, but Tyler says is there by chance going to be a toboggan beanie for the PR for the Pirate Radio website yeah, uh, good suggestion. Tyler. I'd wear it. That can happen. All right, Tyler. Uh, Big Dog says that can happen. If you have any suggestions, uh, get them in, and we'll at least discuss them. I could use it right now. How cold it is outside. I know for a fact that that can happen. All right, that is an item that we can offer. Luke says, "Oh, Big Head, let's go." Perry says, "Hello from Duplin County." PJ, be seeing him in the jungle here in about a month. Have we revealed that when we were trying to uh, get everybody's sizes for fitted hats that Chandler didn't register on the scale? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, last week, Glenn, he said he was a seven and three eighths. That is a lot. So, I, so uh, what's a- what's the next one up? So, uh, Alex. Alex said, "Oh, that's what I wear." And I said, "Hey, Alex, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Let Chandler put on put on your hat." It barely it's, no. It sat on top of my head. I have a seven. It barely and, covered his hair. I have a seven and seven eighths, and I've tried to put it on Chandler's head before, and it doesn't work. Chandler, we are dangerously dangerously close to being out of scale. Yeah, like you scientists should be and studying. Guess, and that guess thing. what? New era I should. I don't care because I don't wear those hats. New era should come in and study your dome. <laughs> you're more of an old era guy because you're like you have like a caveman head, like a Neanderthal. Like first man. So should I be in the Geico commercials? I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, how do we get onto this? Anyway, somebody in the chat said Chandler had a big head. Pike liked the stream. He said no bird flashing. Happy Wednesday, MF. Happy Wednesday to you. Uh, Jamie says Jawan Howard has pushed a coach and punch slapped a former player. That is coach, true. And not much happened. Jawan Howard is violent. <coughs> that's a fact man cannot be stopped and he will be stopped soon because he'll probably be fired because they stink right speaking of stinking jamie what happened to indiana i know they played purdue but my god they were down like 22 at halftime or something explain that to me eric says two birds in the hand are worth one in the mush uh chad says hello Chad says, clip, standing on business, about standing on business. No, I'm not going to, no. i tell you what Chad was standing on business about. What's that? Chad got his uh, Pirate Radio football hoodie in recently. I saw that. Oh, yeah. And posted a nice picture for us. So I was happy to see that. Birdman flies in any weather. That is true, Chad. 
Tyler said, like, Ja coming back from suspension with the gun and rocket launcher celebration. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, Ja. Too soon. Uh, Kaz says, you look like a seven and five eights. No. Mm-mm. Steve says, Chon needs a 10-gallon hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Put the Arby's logo on. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Watlington liked that one from the uh, lobby. I'll talk to Ken here in a moment. All right. Um, Chon, we got hoops tonight. We had hoops earlier. And, yeah, I was worried that injuries have caught up with this team i haven't even seen what the final score was really well take a guess i just kind of gave you a hint uh 15 point loss rice 62 pirates 37 good god rice 80 east carolina 67 pirates lose by 13 earlier today in Menji's coliseum Mm pretty close pretty close in front of five thousand students that is three straight losses for the pirates since uh winning back-to-back games so they are struggling right now and they're not going to get any additional help like micah dennis and sania johnson are out for the foreseeable future right jayla herp out for the year so they're going to have to uh figure it out what they have in the locker room but you lose key pieces like that uh tough to win Yep. Yep. Well, and uh, a couple of positives. You did have three Pirates uh, that uh, scored in double figures. Of course, Danae McNeil, uh, we expected her to be a point producer. She finished with 19. Amaya Joyner was two assists shy from the program's first triple-double. She finished with 16 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, She even threw in a block in there, too. Um, and uh, Morgan Mosley finished with 15. So uh, you have, you know, some people out there that can put some points on the board. Um, unfortunately, you know, Rice was just, they were very good from the floor as far as shooting uh, goes because they um, they shot very well from um, three-point land in the first quarter. They 50%. So, uh, and then, of course, in the uh, fourth quarter, um they kind of tailed off. Uh, East Carolina did bring the uh, score down to, I think, about five, or they brought it to within three. I can't remember, but they went out on a run right on the fourth quarter, um, 12 to three run, and then Rice just kind of ran away with it, unfortunately. Need Katrina to step up, too. Yeah, yeah, we do. Katrina Gordon. Pirate. Gordon. Sorry. No, it's fine. I was looking at the wrong. She finished uh, uh, with six points in the game, so. I'm assuming the Pirates uh, will go on the road next, and I assume incorrectly they will be at home coming up on Saturday against SMU before hitting the road for two in a row, FAU and USF. So Pirates are back home coming up this Saturday. Uh, Have you seen the line for ECU North Texas tonight? I have not. Really? I haven't. Wow. Okay. Guess the line? Yeah, guess the line. Uh, I'm going to go North Texas three and a half. Have you seen it, Glenn? No. What do you think it is? North Texas six. Why do y'all think and North Texas change. is favored? I don't know. Pirates by two and a half. No, y'all are right. North Texas is favored. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was three and a half, but now it's two and a half. 
And you know what? Screw that, man. Tay the Pirates? Yeah. Yeah. Money. Yeah. I've had a decent feeling on the Pirates, I feel like. No, this reminds me of like when we <coughs> played Tulsa. Oh, yeah. I had that one. All, yeah. You were like, give me the Pirates. And I was yeah. like, really? And you're like, yeah, give me the Pirates. And they took care of business against the Golden Hurricane. And I did not feel that way against SMU. Nope. But mm, right now, I feel pretty good about tonight. Okay. That makes me feel good. I feel like Brandon Johnson is going to have a big one because well, he, needs to. he was really bad. Five points in the last contest. Yeah. He's going to bounce back. Pirates can't, they're not going to lose two in a row at home, even though they've done it already this year. But they're not going to do it in conference play. You may ask yourself if it's time to go to break. And you may ask yourself, you may find yourself in Minji's Coliseum. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Ken Watlington joins us when we return. Pirate Radio Live after this. How do I work this? You may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? You may tell yourself, this is not a beautiful house. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Buccaneer Music Hall has all the fun for your Sunday Fun Day covered. Every Sunday, you kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs, so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, on a Wednesday. Did I run down the guest list? Nah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I think I you did. did. I did. I'll do it again for those just tuning in. Ken Watlington joins us now, coming up at 4.30. Well, let's, let's do it in chronological order, shall we? Coming up at 4 o'clock, Jack Powers will join us, former Pirate linebacker. 4.30, P. Mace, Patrick Mason, former high school swimmer. At 5.15-ish, current ECU baseball players Ryan McChrystal and Jacob Jenkins Coward. That is the guest list for this Wednesday. Shirley Rhodes, Big Dog here. Chon is here. And uh, as I mentioned, Ken Watlington joins us. Hey, Ken. What's up, y'all? Good to see you, man. Good to be seen. What's the frequency? What's the frequency? Great song. Great song. Great song. Great song. song. Um, More uh, questions about Chon's head before we move along. (laughs) We had a question. Luke says you're a good sport, by the way. Yeah. That's good to hear. There's nothing I can do about it. Somebody was asking about, oh, Steve, what was your uh, the size of your football helmet? Do, do we, do football remember. helmets have sizes? It's like large, extra large. I'm well, sure you're as a double you can imagine, it's probably the biggest that they offer. Do you remember it being tight on your head when you play? No, not fit really. Well? They went down to Lowe's and got a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I can wow. joke on Chandler having a big head because I have a also have a gigantic head. You know what? I am almost out of new era sizing. 
put the bucket back. Can we just get that uh, industrial size trash can? <laughs> or you can go to Walmart and get a fishbowl. Get one of them Houston Astro trash cans. Uh, good stuff, John. Good stuff. Uh, Ken. Yeah. Do you think a player should be suspended, a college basketball player, if they give the double bird on the court? I mean, you would think, but apparently that's not the case. Right. Just a slap on the finger, and that's it. That's a little Not sl- even that. A, a strongly worded <laughs> tweet. Reprimand. So I'm assuming the term, the phrase slap on the wrist, came from people actually getting slapped on the wrist? I'm guessing. Uh, like back in the day, maybe? Maybe you're There's acting no up way. in school and like I, I, you hit with a ruler. You used to get spanked in school. What are you talking about? That is true. Yeah. Well, y'all might have. No, I, I, I didn't. I'm saying thing. it used to happen, though. Like, yeah. Like, I remember, oh, it happened. Uh, it only ever happened to me once. I had a friend, and his mom was a first grade teacher, and she was a big woman. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Does she have a big head? Probably. She was a big woman, but... She was hilarious. She was really funny. She had a good sense of humor. And this was back when rooms had paddles. Now, I don't remember one being used on me, but she had this giant paddle. And on it, it said, well, it's not going to be as funny if you don't know the name. But anyway, it said Big Mac on it. Mm. And it was ginormous. And I guess it was enough to make kids act right. I mean, that's intimidating. Yeah. When I was uh, in fourth and fifth grade, uh, we had a PE teacher named Miss Hall, and she had a paddle. Her paddle had holes in it. I was about, I was to, about, to, I was about to bring up the holes in the paddle. Yeah, just about but to about here's the, the thing. Every child that got paddled with that thing, they had to sign it. Mm, so mm, she would walk up and down the hall with this paddle, and it was just covered in signatures. And you just knew you did not want to step out of line with Miss Hall. She probably was like, hey, so-and-so, your name's not on here. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I only got paddled once in school. And that was more than enough because it got back to my mom that I got paddled in school. So I got it worse when I got home. The so double paddle. I never. I only had that one time. Tyler said we had a paddle with holes in it at high school. High school. You're paddling high school. No, kids? By the time I, I, got I remember high school, it in middle school. Middle school, school is where it stopped. What's yeah. the yeah, deal with the so, holes? Yeah. What, what are the holes? It do? makes it goes fa- go faster because yeah, there's, there's less no friction. aerodynamic, less, less wind resistant. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Fair enough. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, so yeah, I'm sure maybe that was like the weakest penalty you could get back in the day is a slap on the wrist. Maybe like, with right. like a ruler, like from break it out. Yep. Yeah. I think people up north, like we are familiar with the paddle <coughs> down here, but I think up there they are familiar with like throwing bricks. Well. <laughs> Battery. Yeah. Um, I think if, if you had an Eagles fan as a teacher, you'd bend over and they'd chunk batteries. Exactly. At your back. Or I pop, think they did do the the ruler on the wrist thing, though. I think that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, I Tyler, say like it maybe like a at a Catholic school, like, like Catholic schools. I've like, heard that yes. that's their form of punishment. nuns will go at you with a ruler. Yes. Mm. Chad says I was paddled in school, but they made my mom come do it. Oh wow! Man. Wow. Here you go, mama. <laughs> Not to get too much into Chad's life, but Chad, uh, he got in a fight in high school. All right. uh, Like a fist fight with a guy. Chad, you can uh, put the guy's name if you remember. I can't remember. But um, Chad was such a respect the game type of guy. 
that yeah. after the fight where they were trying to kill each other did they exchange jerseys they, <laughs> they like hugged it out and dapped it up exchange hats and had, i like it and had respect for one another i'll know they, like, they exchanged bloody shirts <laughs> blood stained shirts chad make sure i'm telling this story accurately because i remember that happening like I, and i was like man respect the game that's cool if all fights leave, could be like that leave it on the field exactly if all fights could go that way we'd be all right we would be no grudges just get it out and move on all right see you tomorrow <laughs> let's do it again tomorrow um so yeah nc state won the game against wake forest by the way it was a wild one I liked your response to my tweet when you put, uh, what's it, Stefan? What was it for? Well, Massimo? I liked your tweet. I appreciate it. Um, Ken kind of gave the story of everything happening. And I think that was the first thing I read to say, maybe I should pay attention to this game. He said, while when at PNC tonight, Keats thrown out, DJ Burns puking his guts out, State hasn't made a three, tie game. That is exactly when I tuned in. <laughs> Thank you, kid. Thank you, kid. Raising then, awareness. Then I added to it because it's like, and oh, now a way player is ejected. It. And now a state player is yep. ejected. So you, you, had, you had me hooked. I, I missed some ejections in there. So there were more. You had at I least like Keats was, and two players. I think there was three players, wasn't it? I saw the state. Well, maybe, no, when uh, the one state guy got his first technical, it was also his fifth foul. So he fouled out. So he was technically disqualified, but I don't think he was ejected. Uh, Chad is asking middle or high school. That's how you know Chad got to a lot of fights. <laughs> I can't. Maybe I can't it was see AG Chad third grade. grade. Was Chad a fighter? Oh yeah, he was a big time fight. Well, yeah. He, or did people just try him? Nah, because there's difference. Nah, they didn't want to try Chad because Chad's a known fighter. Man, I can't. I can't. See I can't it put it together. He's like, kind of a gentle giant now. Like, yeah, to me, that's a teddy bear. That's not a. That's not a vicious man. <laughs> no, there's no vicious but don't thing. test him <laughs> i just didn't know if people were like trying to try, try him and he was like nah you, you people are not stepping over the line chad we need to get you on for a titan segment next off season and we'll talk yeah, about fight. your, no, we're just your talking history fights. of fights. <laughs> we're, talking about his fights. <laughs> we're talking about his record we're breaking down every fight he was just very aggressive he was a big uh habitual line stepper <laughs> he was a big foul out guy like in basketball now that i like big foul i respect that hacker type you, of guy did you ever get in a fight um not in school you get a church fight nah you seem to be tight i was being one time i picked a fight i i know this story yeah and and got i i didn't know we were going to be punching until i got punched a few times <laughs> oh in the face so we're gonna wrestle oh, this is how we're gonna do it you thought it was gonna be monday night raw and it was not yeah it's Mike Tyson. I thought we were going to do moves. <laughs> I, kinda, I thought it was going to be more Greco-Roman. <laughs> and no, it was MMA. So, uh, yeah, I made a mistake there. Chad said, I had anger issues. I have learned. Well, proud of you. So there you go. Very proud of him. Great, great lesson. He's mature. All right. Um, did you see Nate Oates? We were talking I have about not that seen that. Too. I heard you guys talking about it. But I haven't seen the. Well, let's get Ken's thoughts. The shove, the 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 mush, the whatever it's being called. It was fight night in college basketball. <laughs> so here's the Nate Oates. I'll let you see the video a few times. Nate Oates, uh, Alabama playing Missouri. Yeah. Okay. But still shouldn't touch a guy. You got to remember just the fact he's putting his hand on an opposing guy. Yeah. But it was kind of a slow push. It was. Like, hey, buddy, back up a little bit. Was the guy backing up, or did the force of the shove 
you know now, make him back up yeah because i think that would determine too i think he's probably suspended for the season <laughs> <laughs> i think this is a bad precedent uh the acc is setting though allowing double birds yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that game was wild yeah was well wild. i mean what's next so uh anyway there you go hey maybe we'll see some action at uh Minji's tonight we have seen it before it's jeff anderson one of the referees <laughs> my daughter was a little guy. concerned because there was some jawing and uh bodies on the floor last game but nothing concerned? came. Out. yeah just like after the game she said i thought they were gonna fight a couple of times like, eh, you ain't seen nothing that won't nothing out there just the boys having some fun <laughs> it'd be a lot more fun if the pirates can get a win tonight when they take on north texas the defending nit champions the mean green that's right and they do you know who they beat to win the nit last year uh, I I s- go ahead sean it's now an american conference pl- uh, team uab correct ding, ding, ding. there you go um now Chaz so the american added your two nit finalists and a final four team to the conference this year in basketball booyah yeah pretty good pretty oh yeah and memphis is still here they're pretty good yeah pretty pretty good uh justin says jeff anderson has been to mingy's a few times i don't recognize the uh you can't miss the officials by names you can't miss jeff anderson the way he high steps kind of prances down the court yeah i love when teddy valentine comes to mingy's he is a bald black gentleman right yes yes. there is a bald white gentleman that i hate every time i see him at mingy's what's his name telly savalas i was told his last name was bald bitch but we never <laughs> confirmed that. This is what we were told. That, I, I think he's like Balkan or something. Next time he's in <laughs> he's he's Eastern European, it was bald bitch. As well, it's the are. Balkans. <laughs> Next time he's in Minji's, we need to get a stat sheet, and it usually has the referees' names. Yes. And I want to say I saw that on there one time. Chad says, Teddy TV. Man, I did. Uh, one of my favorite things I've done is uh, PA for ecu and uconn so i had dan hurley and joe dooley yelling and i had tv teddy teddy valentine in the middle and i could like hear everything going on and it was fascinating because they i don't know yeah ken you've been up there too probably like the way coaches interact with the refs and things like that it's it's kind of comical because one minute they're like hey uh how's how's denise oh she's doing good two minutes later what are you talking about (laughs) jackets are coming off yeah what's going on that was a travel yelling uh justin says there's one that looks like uncle fester from the adams family i believe that's the guy i'm talking about justin and jessica joint youtube account (laughs) that's right i don't know who i'm talking to right now uh jamie says look up ted valentine bob knight entertaining oh yeah we've all saw that uh chad i hate to answer this question he says what was the high school ref we used to chant go back to arby's to <laughs> when he ref games in high school uh that was brown weingarts was it really yeah <laughs> we used to give him straight oh hell. my god no. and i don't know if he knows i was a part of that well, he does now <laughs> but we used somebody to... clipped this and send it to him when, when, when we were at conley and wine guards would ref conley games we would kill that guy let me there. note that down so next time he comes You're to talk green Lily. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh we would no I was, that was so bad that you know what i got i got a reprimand i didn't get suspended or paddled 
but we got reprimanded slap on the wrist we got called into the principal's office during school where they called our names over the dang thing um because of what we were chanting during basketball games and told us to tone it down chad moore clip brock reported the uh, principal's office we would do uh racist chants to white people call them cream puffs and uh i'm glad that's how you ended the sentence <laughs> yeah, yeah only to white folks um man we we would get on that was so much fun being in the uh the conley crazy section back being in racist the day. to your own race <laughs> yeah self-hating white man <laughs> uh john says the tim floyd ejection during the utep game lives rent free in yes, my brain i remember that dude that was ridiculous they had the police go out there and get which him. they didn't have to do that was way overkill i i even thought that at the time like okay tim floyd's gonna leave they don't need a police officer to escort him out like he's some criminal like that just and that made people go even more crazy yeah like you gotta go sir what if they cuffed him they should have handcuffed him right on the court (laughs) just started beating him wow (laughs) read him his rights (laughs) tim you have the right to remain silent what it's a basketball game uh all right let's take a break we'll come back more with ken wildington we'll talk a little nfl playoffs and more oh i got and i was at a game where um i was at an nfl game at rfk where a guy gave the finger when he was ejected so i'll tell you about that story dexter manley i want to say he might be in the nfl hall of fame you know who else gave the finger save it for the next segment right after this (laughs) coming up next You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock on Wednesday nights. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. It was October 27th, 1996. A few days shy of my 15th birthday. 14-year-old Clip Brock, at the height of his Redskins fandom, saw Washington knock off Indianapolis 31-16. to Old wow. Khaki Pants was the uh, quarterback, uh, Jim Harbaugh. We held Marvin Harrison to two catches for 18 yards. It's a pretty good day. Uh, but the most memorable, <laughs> the only thing I remember from this game is during an extra point, there was a scuffle, and Richard Dent who was known for his Bears days, yep. uh, who is a Hall of Famer, got ejected. And I remember him walking to the tunnel and giving everybody the finger. And at the time, I was like, well, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, not so cool anymore if everybody's just throwing out the finger during games. 
but that was at my, least he uh, got ejected. Oh wait, he got ejected first. He right. he went ejection then finger. Yeah. He's what started it. He did. Yeah. He, actually, I think uh, you said Bud Adams. Uh, Bud Adams was probably years and years before that, right? No, he was. That was like mid two thousands, probably. Really? Mm-hmm. Look at the video. It's definitely not in the nineties. Okay. Fair enough. It's not grainy. I didn't know he was still with us then. Mm-hmm. But you're he telling died me he was. 2012 or so. Okay. All right. Good deal. We're talking about the finger, folks. What's your favorite middle finger story? Mine is uh, right here and uh, embedded with East Carolina. The East Carolina fan, Birmingham Bowl. Oh, yeah. At the uh, Against Florida. Yes. Redhead gal. They pan to her in the camera, in the, uh, in the frame, and she just bangs it out. Vernon Hargraves. Boom. Right there for the nation to see. Vernon Hargraves makes a play on Justin Hardy to end the game, basically, and they pan it to her, and she was not happy. Chris Cross said, you can get the finger. What finger? The middle. The middle. That's exactly right. Ken Wildington joining us. Uh, That is Warm It Up, Chris. Oh, Warm It Up, I believe. Warm It Up, Chris. Charlie's gives me the okay. That's right. Uh, Has one of them passed on? Yes. Yeah. Cross. (laughs) Cross. <laughs> I believe Chris is still with us. Chris is still with us. All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Uh, Ken, did you... Oh, man. You had to enjoy Sunday and Monday as much as I did. <laughs> the implosion in the NFC East? Yes. Yeah, it, was, it was freaking amazing. I, I Look, I was not too into the playoffs. We saw a bunch of blowouts. The only good game was Rams and... Uh, and lines yeah. which was a great game but man uh those two blowouts we saw philly and dallas just getting destroyed put a permagrin on my face did this maybe i'm speaking you know alone here but i took more pleasure <clears throat> in the eagles getting demolished nah not more but um, why, why would you say that? Because I feel like it happens to the Cowboys every year. We've kind of gotten used to it. <laughs> and then, just, you know, the Eagles are right there on the cusp last year. No need to beat a dead horse. Yeah, yeah it happened again. Ha ha, look at them. The and Eagles then, were only three point, two and a half point favorites, and only one person in America still believed in them, and that was this guy. And uh, we should have known. Cowboys were big favorites, and nobody, myself included, thought that would happen. I thought there was a chance the Bucks could win. Yeah. I had no idea the Packers would win. I didn't get a chance to see any of the Dallas game. I was at the UNCW Delaware game Sunday. Did y'all finally win one? They finally won one. Two two game winning streak. Now, they so they're back on track. Well, kind of. Uh, but I checked my phone at halftime or something, and it said twenty seven nothing. I'm like, the dang ESPN apps all messed up. That can't be right. It oh, was right. It was right. You talked to Bailey about it at all? <laughs> <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> I but, I still think, Shirley, that thing on Monday where the phone kept messing up, I, I think that was Bailey. And that was Bailey. I'm not dumb like some Cowboy fans. I think Bailey did a bit on us. <laughs> yeah, and if he too. did, I I'm mean, okay with it. kudos yeah, to him. I'm good with it. I would have done the same type of thing. I wouldn't want to come on a show and talk about that the next day. So I think Bailey got us. Speaking of NFL and guys not being reprimanded or being reprimanded or what have you, and owners kind of getting away with things, which we've talked about before with Tepper. Did you see the story of Jim Ursay? Yeah. Who was found unresponsive in his bed over the holidays. Yeah. I mean, once again, it's the question of, like, what does it truly take for the NFL to, to, to have an owner exit? 
you know, what does it take for the good old boys to have that meeting where the, all the families come together, very mafia-like, and decide, okay, we're, we're going to get rid of this one family member. What did it take for Snyder to finally leave? He threatened the family. A million allegations. And... <laughs> he threatened the family. He threatened the NFL with legal action, and they were like, no, sir, you're gone. You're gone. Yeah, it's, that was the deal. He threatened to expose all of them, and as a result, he was cast out. I just saw this Colts release statement. Uh, Mr. Ursay continues to recover from his respiratory illness. We have no further comment on his personal health. We continue to ask that Jim and his family's privacy be respected. So that's all they got. Um, it's just it's it's an interesting story when you consider that a month ago people were wilding out over Tepper throwing a drink on somebody and it's like look they have a fully functioning problem in Indianapolis and the league just hides it. Police yeah. labeled the incident uh, an overdose or overdose slash poisoning. Yeah. Uh, he was on his bathroom floor, his skin having turned blue. Ooh. Yikes. Mm. I, hope, I guess not due to him like painting himself cold no. blue for the game. Uh, it was, he did not go to a blue man group show. <laughs> um, speaking of blue man group and <laughs> Arrested Development, do you think uh, Glenn? Yes. I wish you had the. Are you, yeah, he's yeah. like David Cross's cousin, right? Yeah, okay. there's a lot of David Cross. I know, I get it. <laughs> I'm not the only one that I thinks know. that. I know, especially when you go all stash. Yeah, and no hat. Yeah, it's very David it's Cross. It's full David Cross. Yeah, I look like a fat David Cross, which is not a bad thing. No, I mean, he's, he's a funny guy. Funny. Yeah, he has made, to my knowledge, the only movie that has Piggly Wiggly in it. That has as what? Piggly Wiggly as a brand. Piggly Wiggly. Piggly yes. Wiggly. What are you calling it? Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, it's it's like, <laughs> like a Kinston pronunciation. I think. <laughs> Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. Um, that is the only movie I've ever known to have uh, that represented in it, and for that, I will always be a David Cross guy. But let me ask you this: Are you, are you a never nude? Is he? A, is he a never nude? <laughs> yeah, in the in the rest of development, he is. Uh, um, great show. Have you seen the rest of development? Yeah, I, love I got that. on it way late. Yeah, so I've watched it recently. It's so. very. I mean, it's the best just like the amount of jokes per second i don't think there's another show that has more that, jokes per second. rapid fire and they're yeah. all like they're all bangers and the cast every member is strong across the board and they they reference something in like episode eight that happened in episode one so you gotta like keep up right, with everything yes. it's really really good gotta have a cheat sheet uh eric says mo money mo problems when you have that much money it can be a disaster I could say, I, I could I could see that happening. Yeah, sure. To myself, we're sure. we talking about the Cowboys. No, no we're talking <laughs> about something different. We could be talking about yeah. Jerry because Jerry obviously has his late night situation. Yeah, Eric says hopefully he'll get some help, but I would hold my breath. I mean, at that point and the age he's at, does he want help? Like he probably just wants to. That brother's like, living life. Jerry. Yeah, I'm old enough. Uh, y'all don't worry wait, about wait, me. He could have been poisoned. True, we could have a poison on our hands. He maybe uh, to, uh, maybe somebody's going after that money. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to do the uh, the the voice from the office of Steve Wright. There's a murder in the, in the NFL fan, like the Southern lawyer yeah. voice. There's <laughs> been a, a murder. murder. He probably wants to kick the bucket and then give it to me to wear. Self dunk. <laughs> I just want to make fun of myself right there. No, 
Did you not like it? Nah. <laughs> he liked it. I, I did not. I thought it was really stupid. Why? Well, I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah, I don't want you to apologize for it. Um, Scott says, my buddy and I always greet each other with the finger. I brought wow. my I brought my dad, a Baptist minister, to his house. <laughs> he didn't see him as we drove up, and yes, he shot us the bird. My dad says, where does your buddy go to church? <laughs> so, uh, all right. You got to know when to use the finger, you know? It's not something you can just use at all times. You got to know when to hold them. Yeah. Know when to fold them. Know when to fold that finger. Boy, can this might have been the least we've ever talked about sports and we <laughs> hardly ever do with you but talking about the bird has to do with sports there was sports because r- of what happened. adjacent yeah. yeah um what do you guys have coming up wnct channel nine this week uh the news uh brian bailey will be live at menji's big game tonight with the mean green in town mean so we'll have green. coverage of that and uh all your local news weather and sports starting at five sounds great ken thank you for Appreciate joining you. us we'll check in with you again next week absolutely ken wallington joining us when we return jack powers will be here we'll talk some nfl playoffs some pirate football and more pirate radio live on a wednesday we are back with you after this you're listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by down on main street Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Oh, I've seen, I see these all the time where uh, you get these 14, these cross-sport parlays. And apparently this one better on FanDuel. Are these even real? They might be phony. I don't know. I always think like... I don't believe anything I see on the internet. Um, But had the Las Vegas Aces winning the WNBA championship. Got that. That was a minus 230. Good grief. Got the Rangers for plus 850. The Michigan Wolverines plus 850. So he's hit three. He or she... And then the fourth to wrap up the parlay. Ravens Fog. Well, uh, I was going to see if Jack could could pick, uh, but plus 1,800 Baltimore Ravens. So I guess at this point, a $10 bet to win 24,000. Maybe you start to hedge a little bit. That's uh, that's a pretty good bet. Jack Powers joined us. How you doing, Jack? Good. Glad to be on here again uh raven's not a bad team to have to win that super bowl not at all but there's one team i'd rather have and that is your team 
the San Francisco 49ers. How you feel? Absolutely. Feeling? Uh, you know, the Ravens, uh, they beat us pretty good on Christmas Day, Christmas night. Um, but you know what? It's hard to beat a team twice, especially in that kind of short span. So uh, I'm definitely liking the 49ers chance here in the playoffs, especially this weekend. Uh, Packers, obviously, big win. But I like the Niners. Yeah, did I, I got to assume you were not expecting to play the Packers. No. Or, uh, you know, because it was a foregone conclusion Dallas would win that game and you guys would get, what, I guess, Philly or uh, Tampa? Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but you get the Packers you see how well they played like did it concern you at all that maybe uh is this one of those teams that just gets hot and goes on a run I mean a little bit but also I think that uh the Niners are just too versatile and so obviously the Cowboys have been good and stuff but I think kind of their home record was getting in their heads a little bit um nonetheless take take no credit away from the Packers they showed up big time my former teammate Romeo Dobbs uh 160 yards touchdown big game for him so I was happy to see that he's a great guy um, but, yeah, the Packers showed up, but I don't think uh, I'm really hitting the panic button yet if I'm the Niners. Youngest team uh, in the NFL and uh, could be good for years. And, uh, Jack, just hoping they're not good this weekend. <laughs> I Look, I, I'm not trying to jinx anything for you, but, like, I just feel like the Niners kind of sleepwalk their way to the Super Bowl. I think they win this week. And I don't give Detroit – I don't give Tampa any chance. I don't give Detroit much of a chance. Don't you have a future on them? Or, Niners, no. Nah. Uh, I thought you did for some reason. I did uh, either last year or two years ago. Okay, I thought so. And it ended. I guess it was last year, and it ended the with them situation. not having a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that was, was a tough, tough one, which was brutal. Um, but yeah, that they, they look good to go right now. As far as the AFC side of things, uh, I am fascinated to see what happens at Orchard Park this weekend with the Bills and Chiefs, and then. Uh, if the Ravens get by the Texans, uh, there's still some heavyweights on that side. Absolutely. Uh, I really do like the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills this week on that. Um, being in Buffalo, first road game for the Chiefs. Um, and honestly, I just think the Bills' weapons are there. I think Stephon Diggs is going to have a breakout game. Josh Allen's been heating up at the right time. Uh, it's kind of a team that got discredited a lot during the regular season. Yeah. Ran into some issues, but... Um, I mean, they're getting hot at the right time, and that's what matters. Yeah, Glenn brought this up and seeing this float around. Uh, hard to believe. That's crazy. As many, as long as Mahomes has been around, as many playoff games he's been in, this will be the first road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. Right. That's crazy. I mean, it shows their dominance, how good he's been. How big of a factor is that this weekend? I don't know. I mean, I saw something that Buffalo was the only like current uh, stadium in that kind of like region where you deal with real cold environments like that. Uh, that didn't have under-the-field heaters. Hmm. So you're playing on a very hard surface, and that's pretty different for a lot of teams, and it's not that enjoyable falling on it, stepping on it, just the constant repetition of your foot pounding into that rock-hard ground. It's not fun. Um, So that could kind of play a factor maybe a little bit, but, I mean, Kansas City was just in a really cold game themselves. And they have one of those underground heaters, too. While watching that uh, game the other night, I... I texted a few former Pirates, yourself included, and asked you, what would your sleeve situation be in a game that cold? Uh, so what was your, your answer, Jack? Well, well, first off, I'm on red alert now. Every time you text me, I'm, I'm preparing to, to go on Twitter with this. Uh, if it was something that shouldn't go on, it wouldn't go <laughs> on. But I felt that was okay. Um, but yeah, so cold cold weather, 
the Vaseline, which I think someone was responding to our tweets, they didn't really know about yeah. it. Basically, you, you put Vaseline all over your arms in any kind of uh, open area that you have with your uniform, and it covers the pores. So the wind, when it hits your skin, it just kind of rolls right off. So you don't really get the whole cold effect. Um, obviously, to a certain extent, it doesn't work as well. Uh, I was listening to the Kelsey Brothers podcast this morning, and Travis was just like, yeah, like at that point, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like you're just cold. Um, but back in like when I was at Nevada, we'd have a couple cold games, uh, probably 10, 15 degree, 20 degree. And I'd wear tights and like some, some socks down there, some wool socks. But in the upper body, I would just kind of go tape and gloves like I always do, put some Vaseline on there. Is it one of those things where like first quarter, second quarter, like you can deal with it after that? Or are you cold the whole game? Like, do you uh, ever get used to it? When, when you're like you're in the game, like you're not really thinking right. about it. But then when you go on the sideline, if your offense is having a long drive, you're kind of like, <laughs> dang, I <laughs> Score probably should have put some sleeves on. <laughs> uh, what's worse, Jackson, because you've been here now, and I guess there's Nevada heat too, and uh, along with Eastern North Carolina heat, but do you prefer a, a hot one or a cold one when you're playing? I'd probably go near the hot side. Uh, it's completely different over here, though, with the humidity. Yeah. Um, obviously, in Nevada, it's the desert. You get dry heat. So uh, they're kind of different and deadly in their own ways, but I think I definitely prefer a hot game. Uh, it will be uh, great temperatures in Detroit, although one reporter didn't know that. Shirley, yeah, that do you have the, uh, that was crazy. the Todd Bowles uh, press conference from today? Let's hear that as uh, Tampa gets ready for the Lions. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams uh, today. It's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors and... We only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. She didn't even respond. She didn't even go, oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. She just got <laughs> oh, I wouldn't there. either if I'd have made that mistake. Uh, it would have been a long walk back to the car. Yeah. I thought uh, Todd Bowles handled it about as well as you could. Pretty classy, I think, of him. And, uh, yeah, that, that's a shame. I, I'm, we're speculating here, but, like, is that a – a sports uh, a news anchor that maybe they sent over to cover it and not a because if that's a sports person that's pretty embarrassing it's yeah. embarrassing like regardless anchor, you mean? that is a yeah. new, that yeah. was a news person that had been sent over to cover right sports. okay you understand that, it a little bit it was yeah. kind of that that station used to have three people and now they have no sports people right and it's that type of situation yeah you see you see that but uh yeah you got to do a, a little research ahead um i don't know how would you have handled that, Jack, if you were asked that question? Would you have been as classy as Todd Bowles, or would you have uh, been a smartass? I might have thrown in a little sarcastic jab <laughs> there. Uh, I mean, if you're at that press conference in, in the divisional round of playoffs, I feel like you should kind of know at least the basis of where we're going, what we're doing, who we're playing. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a profession. you got to be professional. Yeah. And, Jack, you were, uh, I would say, pretty, pretty good with the media, right? Like, you... I don't know if you enjoyed talking to us uh, during your playing days, but I thought you handled it well. What was your, uh, 
I don't know. What was your philosophy when when being asked questions? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, sometimes it's a little not like scary, but nerve wracking when like obviously the season's not going the way you want it right. to, and you don't know what you're going to get asked. Um, but you know, I've I've always been kind of raised by my parents, just be a team first guy, and so any interview that I'd have. Uh, any questions that were directed towards me, I'd just try and think of and put the team first before me. And uh, that was just kind of my mindset before all that. Uh, Jenny says, I wouldn't even do that. Come on, girl. <laughs> there you go, Jenny. Uh, that game in Detroit will be indoors. It'll be a cold one in Buffalo. Should be uh, nice in San Fran, I would assume. Yeah. I and think the, it's uh, chilly, but. Let's look at some, uh, some Baltimore weather. How are you feeling about can the Texans uh, hang around? With the uh, Ravens. They surprised me a lot. Uh, and I'm honestly really happy for C.J. Stroud. He's been killing it. But I don't know. I think we – I mean, I saw personally just as a fan of my team on Christmas night how the Ravens are. Um, and when they put together a complete game, they're pretty dangerous. So I don't think the Texans can win there. I think the Ravens take that one. I don't think they can win, but the way they rally around C.J. Stroud, not just C.J. Stroud, but also D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. Like, I don't know if y'all saw the celebration after their win yeah. uh, the other day, but, like, that locker room loves both of them, and I think they can fight for these guys. And I, but I, I, it's like you said, I think the Ravens are too much, especially at home, but I think the Texans can at least put up a fight and keep it close. He was actually a defense coordinator for the 49ers before the Texans job. Yep. And similar style the whole defense loved it and play harder for him so yeah and he's a texan he he played linebacker for the houston texans so yeah anything else on his bio hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i like the uh, i like the celebration with the kids uh that he had on the field is that what you're talking about? i saw that celebration no him, him and uh cj stroud went to the locker room together Either when they clinched or when they won that that first playoff week. game, yeah. and the locker room just exploded. So there's a lot of chemistry in that in that room. Uh, it looks like it's going to be clear and just bone cold on uh, Saturday in Baltimore. Looking at like 24 to 26 degrees when they get going. So probably like it is here today. Like uh, put some Vaseline on, you'll be good to go, right, Jack? That seems <laughs> right. to be the way to go. Uh, looking forward to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. You can hear them right here on Pirate Radio coming up Saturday and Sunday. Um, Jack, a member of the Holt Naylor Show, part of the Walk Ons. Episode one was great. Really loved the the honesty and uh, and the thoughts on the team last year. Holton and Caden, kind of from the quarterback perspective, and Jack, you from the defensive side of things, and. Uh, I remember during the season talking to you and Jeremy and other guys, and you kind of what you just said. You're you're a team guy. That you said you can control what you can control. That's about it. Um, do as good as you can when the other team has the ball. When your team has the ball, you know the, it's out of your hands at that point. So that that was y'all's mindset. It sounded like last year, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like you just said, at, at one point in the season, it just turns to let's do what we can do and do it the best we can. And so every day in practice, every day at the game, uh, we were doing what we could to our best of our abilities and and just cheering on the rest of our teammates. And now uh, this ECU football team trying to fix those offensive deficiencies we saw last year. They've been very aggressive, Jack, in the transfer portal, bringing in not one but two quarterbacks, some help uh, on the O-line, some help at receiver. So uh, we could see an entirely different new offense. We, we will because we'll have a new offensive coordinator as well. What do you think of the aggressiveness of, this, uh, of Mike Houston and this staff this offseason? I love it. Uh, I think that was definitely obviously a priority going into the offseason. Um, right off the bat, getting the new offensive coordinator, a young guy 
bring some energy into the program. Uh, definitely a coach that seems like the players will want to play for, which is very important. Um, and then the additions, like on the personnel for the players, uh, I love it. I mean, iron sharpens iron. You get not one but two quarterbacks out of the portal. Competition just breeds success. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out. But, yeah. And, man, if you made a priority list for this offseason, obviously – quarterbacks up there maybe even before that offensive coordinators up there but somewhere on that list is bringing back blake harrell uh, and it's it's near the top of the list and to have him coming back is is huge i think plus uh, a lot of returners on that side of the ball yeah absolutely coach harrell uh, a great coach even better man um and talk about a dude that just makes it fun you know i've i've think i've said it on here before like every every meeting we had as a defense it was a party like the hotel the night before the game for blasting music, like super fun times I'll never forget. Um, and that's how we play, you know, like people call him Captain Chaos because he's always dialing up the blitzes and stuff. And it's, it's so fun. And so definitely that is a coach that we wanted to play for. And, and I know the defense still will want to do that this upcoming year. Uh, Pirate fans are excited uh, because one of our own has returned. Unfortunately, it came with uh, a great Pirate leaving in Trib Weaver, but Damon Magazoo back coaching uh dbs now at east carolina how, how big of a hit is uh trip weaver leaving in your opinion oh i mean so we talked about this the last time uh anytime you have a coach that goes and upgrades because now as a defense coordinator um it's really a compliment to your program yeah. it's a compliment to coach harrell and coach houston um so obviously that one hurts but being a football alumni now at a university, I know how much it means when you're able to come back and work for that program. So while I don't know much about the safeties coach, I know that he's going to give it his all because he is a pirate. Man, and uh, he was fun to watch uh, when he was back there roaming on that defensive side of the ball. Jack Powers joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, football season is coming on. Jack, uh, your entire life, pretty much, uh, or football watching life anyway, you've known Nick Saban as the Alabama head coach. Uh, of course, Bill Belichick in New England, Pete Carroll, Seattle. So uh, a lot of change over the last week. What did you make of the uh, the big moves that were made? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of a situation where like the, the football legends, if you will, um, in my lifetime are starting to move on. So uh, I'm kind of excited to see what happens. I know a lot of Alabama players are hitting the portal. Um, I think that's going to kind of call for a fun college football year next season. Um, and then the coaching carousel in the NFL – uh, I mean, we were just talking about it off air. It's it's entertaining and just kind of seeing where everyone's going to fit in is, is going to be fun. You asked me who I wanted as head coach, and I said Kyle Shanahan. You're, <laughs> you're not going to give you're him not to me. Getting him. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's my. Fa- I mean, Chandler. I've said if we did a fantasy coach draft, he's number one. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's number one uh, on you. my list. It's fun watching his type of offense. Mike so. Vrabel, by the way, would have been like top five on my list, and he just got fired. Gritty. Yeah, so uh, I don't. Yeah, what do I know? Uh, but Vrabel's there. I, I want Ben Johnson. Chandler, you mentioned isn't that you want him too? Well, I wanted Ben Johnson. He was number one on my list for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, Jack, I am a Carolina Panther fan. He was. Uh, I know. Thank you. <laughs> he but needs he your was, support. He, he was definitely number one on my list. Just seeing him, uh, you know, elevate this this Lions offense. And um, when Mike Vrabel got fired, then I was like, all right, move over, Ben Johnson. You're number two, <laughs> and now I want Vrabel. But no, I, I would take Ben Johnson as well, uh, especially seeing what he's done with the Lions and Jared Goff and, and, and the weapons that they have. 
yeah i like the way they use that like we have terry mclaurin who just disappears way too much and the way they use amon ross st brown they'll give him the ball obviously throwing it to him but they'll give it to him on end rounds they'll put him in the backfield i just like the way the look what he did with the rookie uh laporta uh this year at tight end uh, i just like the way they use their weapons the lines are really fun to watch I, and and ben johnson is a part of that and speaking of post game did you see dan campbell's uh post game jack oh that is the most electric coach. <laughs> it's yeah, so good so being yeah. a fan of a team in the nfc uh obviously the 49ers uh technically i'm not supposed to be rooting for another team in the nfc but i'm so happy to see the lions succeed um uh, from the moment that dan campbell has hired his interviews uh and that's another coach that you could tell the team is just rallied around fired up uh he's telling jared goff like jared you're good enough for detroit like don't listen to the haters like come out here and let's perform and uh he has it he has the guys ready to go every time that was cool that was his uh delivery uh, of the game ball to jared goff you're good enough for detroit uh, great moment and uh uh, people going nuts in that locker room and we're watching it from afar getting goosebumps you've been a part of those locker room celebrations unfortunately didn't have too many last year jack but a bowl win uh, a couple of bowl clinching wins things like that so um those, those got to be special moments you'll always remember yeah you put in so much work during the off season and then individually for the game weeks uh during the week preparing whether it's weightlifting practice film all that so when you get a win you know those are hard to get we learned that last year uh, you got to celebrate, and you're celebrating with the guys that that you worked with, and whether it's the coach to the player, the player to the player. Um, all of us have been at the facility all week, and we all wanted it bad. And so, when you get a win, you got to celebrate. Jack Powers joining us. You can hear him on the Holt Naylor Show as one of the walk-ons with Cade Norman, Drew Dodder, and uh, episode two dropping on Thursday. Jack, uh, big guest coming up. On, yeah. on episode two. Yeah, so episode two, we had uh, Harold Varner come in, and uh, I think you guys are really going to look forward to hearing that one. Definitely nice. some cool talks. Uh, some Something about his best memories in golf, some of his best memories at ECU, uh, why he is such a big uh, influence around here, and what calls him to bring back and give back to ECU. Awesome. Uh, talk about just a normal dude. HP3. Right. Laid back, cool guy. Uh, and another guy uh mark uh alexander from sales here at pirate radio earlier today was talking about your guest on episode three and said you know i don't know him but he seems like the kind of guy you just want to have a beer with really cool guy we'll get to know stanford steve a little better i know he's uh formed a relationship with holt over the years but stanford steve from espn uh sports center with svp you see him on game day was in greville last year he's gonna be uh yeah he was courtside he was for a basketball game last year uh he's gonna join you guys next week and uh that'll be a fun chat absolutely uh a scott van pelton college game day legend uh really looking forward to just being able to pick his brain a little bit talk to him um like you said i think it's gonna be awesome just hang out with the boys uh talk to him a little bit and kind of get his insights on a few things and uh yeah i guess caden is doing okay after washington law he had like eight different washington bets yeah he's he's hanging in there okay uh he was also uh, pretty big on well holton started this whole dilemma with flacco and that obviously got put to a halt pretty fast. So <laughs> he's back on the couch now, so uh, the right. boys are rebooting. Got to, uh, got to, yeah, another round, another opportunity to win some games coming up this week. I uh, want to hear you guys' picks as well on the whole Naylor show, which will uh, come out episode two on Thursday. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. 
uh youtube on pirate radio tv and we'll put the episodes on the air right here on pirate radio jack thanks for hanging out with us bud of course thanks for having me all right p mace patrick mason will join us we'll also talk to ryan mccrystal jacob jenkins coward a lot more to go pirate radio live on a wednesday after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by down on main street washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go join down on main street every wednesday for half price wings from 4 p.m to close now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local and print it local with university sportswear Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. And Bud Light reminds Pirate fans to always stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Looks like it's Wide Out Wednesday on uh, NFL Live on ESPN. Who's your, uh, let's go around the horn, favorite receiver of all time? College and pro. ECU and non-ECU. All right, I'll start. Uh, ECU for me. Dwayne Harris. Justin Hardy, since you'll go Dwayne, but I watch more uh, Hardy. Okay. How about non-ECU college uh, wide receiver? Ah, uh, man. I might go way back in the day and say Peter Wark from florida state he was nasty didn't make it for the Bengals in the pros uh probably justin jefferson in college at lsu okay um shirley who's your favorite wide receiver of all time uh ecu would probably be dwayne harris um and pro who's your favorite dolphin receiver of all time who or NFL in general. Oh, I got to say, right now it's Tyree Hill. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah. But as far as college goes, Randy Moss. The the bombs he was catching at oh, Marshall. At Marshall. Mm. Big Dog, who are your favorite receivers of all time? I like the anticipation. Shirley took my Randy, Randy Moss, Moss pick. Uh, I would take... Uh, I would take C.J. Johnson, Megatron. All right. Johnson and Johnson. I would take Megatron. It's um, a good shampoo. And then I would take uh, Pro Receiver. I would take... I know... I I mean, I, w- I want somebody funky. Like, I don't want, like, a normal guy. I don't want, like, Jerry Rice. Well, or, let's let Chandler take his, because... Steve Smith. Yeah. Smitty. Uh, Smitty would have been a good one. Yeah. Because he's yeah, got everything. Yeah. I, the right steals, now the talking. Right now, it's probably Debo. Debo Samuel. Yeah, I like Debo. Because I like the fact that he can run the rock. He's, he's, he's all over the field. You, know, you can plug him in. And he even reminds me... <laughs> it's weird. I mean, like, it, it is the kind of... It's the Dwayne Harris thing. Like, he can play... Yeah multiple positions on offense he runs the ball a lot yeah he does a lot of different things Anquan bolden is also another great answer just because there's that trivia fact that he started at quarterback at florida state you like non-traditional receiver receivers 
because yeah. Bolden is like a he's like Debo. He's a tough guy. Yeah, like he I does. like big body receivers that can that can do multiple things. But big as far as not tall, but yeah, thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like them with two C's. <laughs> yeah, I like possession guys. Patrick, uh, who's your who's the favorite uh, ECU receiver you've covered? Probably Isaiah Winstead. I, I, I just like the way like he played. Yeah. He he was awesome. Pro receiver, I'm going Ocho Cinco. I I just love the way that dude just wilded it out on, yeah. on on the field. And honestly, he seems like a pretty pretty decent guy off the field. I feel like he does. Well, he seems like a great guy now. Yeah, yeah. Honorable sure. honorable mention for me would be Heinz Ward. Okay, another because I really non looking body type receiver that but, did the dirty work. Yeah, did all the dirty work, but he could go up and get it if he needed to, and he was just kind of fun to watch for me. Honorable mention for me. Not a big name, and I liked watching him in college, and I still like watching him in in, in the pros. Hunter Renfro. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Chad Pike says Larry Shannon. Josh Jackson says Dwayne. Mark. We need to get Chandler's favorite Wolfpack receiver of all time. We're going to (laughs) get his true favorites. He See, was too little young for yeah. Tory Holt. Yeah. Too young for Tory Holt. I don't know. Yeah, that's the Thayer, only one I could think Thayer of. Thomas. Uh, Mark says Michael Crabtree in college at Texas Tech. T-Cop, Terrence Copper at ECU. Mark said, didn't you love some Deshaun Jackson clip? Uh, I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but yeah, I did love Deshaun Jackson. Who didn't? I hated uh, him most of his career when he played for the Eagles. And he was what he was for Washington. He would have seven games with two catches for 24 yards. But and then he'd have flexes a where he four catch, right. 200 yards, two touchdowns. Um, used to love watching Deshaun Jackson play. Perry says, Steve Largent. That's going back. Jamie says, no Mark Duper, Shirley. No Mark's twins. Mark Duper, yeah. Mark Clayton. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, she says, no. no. CL says Calvin Johnson is the most impressive athlete I've ever seen. In I person. did say CJ Johnson and not Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know what I was thinking. So who's your ECU receiver? I meant to say uh, for an ECU receiver, I would go Andre Allison. No, right. fair enough. Once again, like big body, like can go get the rock, possession type guy. Underrated. I loved Michael Westbrook, but he just never panned out. So I guess my favorite Washington receiver would be, and again, I was too young to appreciate Art Monk and Gary Clark and Ricky Sanders in the posse. So I'd go Santana Moss, hmm. I guess would be my favorite. Yeah, that, I would say over your watching time, that's your guy. I love Santana. Pierre Garçon was a really Garcon. underrated receiver for Washington. Uh, who's your favorite crappy Bears receiver? Man, maybe like Moussin Mohammed. Wow! Every, every, you, can't count, you can't count him. I mean, yeah. that, that no. would be like saving. No. You. Yeah, but there's that tells you how right. bad there the are, Bears have been at receiver. <laughs> they are that you got to take receiver. old Moosin off the Panther scrap heap to be, be your like. Favorite. What's your favorite Bears to eat? Julius Peppers. Yeah. Just because he was there for a few it years. plays. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. played on the team. Like, I, who are the other options? Let me look up Bears one thousand yard receivers. <laughs> Brandon Marshall. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to go Marshall. I mean, it's it is not a long group. I saw the Bears live play against Washington in I want to say 1999, and they had a guy that was uh, I bet he's on this list. Was it Robinson? 
Yeah, he had like one good oh. year. Hmm. Um, he had one good year and got paid off of it. Allen Robinson. That was not 1999, though. But yeah, I remember no, Allen no, Robinson. No, this was uh, maybe Marcus Robinson was his name. That, that sounds sounds right. Let's see. Biggest receiving seasons. Uh, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon. Marcus Robinson, 1999, had 1,400 yards. Wow. And he was a bad dude. Look at that. But I feel like he was like a one-year wonder. They just didn't have quarterbacks to get these people the ball. DJ Moore, Allen Robinson we mentioned. Marty Booker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the list is about to dry up. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Mike Ditko was a thousand yard receiver for the Bears. The old tight end. Curtis Conway, I remember him from uh back in the day. <laughs> Bobby Ingram. Johnny Knox. Oh, oh he was short of a thousand. He got folded up on that kick return, if you guys remember. Bernard Berrien. Yeah, you guys just have not had no. good receivers. No. It's pretty sad state of affairs. All across the board. But I, I just liked Moose because he was just cracked me up as a kid when he would like get a first down and they're losing by 30 and he'd like put the ball between his legs. Oh, he and did do it the, between the legs. Line. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I was like, at least he's having fun out there getting smacked around. But <laughs> uh, Jamie says, my favorite EC receiver is Terrence Copper. His favorite uh, from college was the Rocket, Rocket Ishmael, who was awesome at Notre Dame. And in the pros, he would say Marvin Harrison. Hmm. It is uh, all right. Wide out Wednesday. That was a fun little exercise. Wow, wide out Wednesday. Wow. If you could add a, uh, who's the best receiver in football right now in the NFL? Um, Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson? I think it's Justin Jefferson. I've seen him make so many contested catches. Like he's he's the best. It's Jamar Chase. I mean, but he just was hurt this year. Yeah, so great was year. Jefferson, and so was his quarterback. Yeah, and if he if he's I was not down hurt, to them too. And if he's not hurt and has his head on straight, AJ Brown is a problem. Yeah, he's a problem. That's that's a good state. Where that's does Tyree Hill rank? He's up there. He's got to be like top five. I mean, I would say he he's a problem he's for all sort of defenses. But he's also a receiver. You just said Jamar Chase was. Well, I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> You're arguing with yourself. Yes. <laughs> Did y'all say Tyreek Hill? Is that who you are talking about, Tyreek Hill? No. Yes. Tyreek Johnson. Tyreek Johnson, yes. Tyreek Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek. Oh, I didn't know. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah, top five for sure. Tyreek Bump. <laughs> He's the fastest player in the league. He's got to be number one. Okay. I mean, there's an argument. I would take Justin Jefferson. Where's DJ Moore? I mean, he's probably top 10. He's top 40. He's top, top 40. 20, he's definitely top five. He's really good. The thing is, if you have a good quarterback, all these guys look great. Like all these bums That's from Houston. Why like we have never heard of like any of these guys on the Texans. Nico Collins. Right. Like where did he come from? Now he's just well, ten yards open catching him in college. Uh, that's why I'm taking Justin Jefferson because I've seen him. I'm not just looking at numbers. I'm looking at the types of catches he makes with guys draped all over him. And Jamar Chase makes those catches. Odell Beckham makes catches like that, but I he's would probably say that not up there. In in 2011, he did. I would say that Justin Jefferson is a better receiver, like underneath, and like like you said, like hard catches, like that 10, 15 yard out. That's a tough catch. And then Jamar Chase is more of a burner style. Like Zay, get the ball, get the ball downfield to him. Zay Flowers is going to be in this conversation in a couple of years. Yeah, no, he's not in this conversation. The one we're having right now? He's not going to be in the Ravens wide receiver room in a few years. Mm. He's in studio next week. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Karen Mason says Willie Galt. Willie Galt. All right. <laughs> That's the Wayback Machine. She also mentioned Jim McMahon. <laughs> Willie Galt was a was he an Olympian as well? Was he like a sprinter? That sounds That's, like yeah. a sprinter Olympian name. Yeah, or a pole vaulter or something like that. Stephen Allen says Sneed at ECU Welker in the NFL, and he said all M. He say a, that word a, a slot guy. Yeah, all those possession. What guys was the wrestling called this weekend? Uh, micro. Yes, yeah. it's called right. micro. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna say all micro. Micro teams. receivers. Yeah. yeah, all micro receivers. Chad says, "Where does CD Lamb is CD Lamb in this conversation? I think he's in at the end of the conversation, but he's in it. He was trying to get in it. I don't know. He's where's the biggest spot? Where's DK at? DK Mecca? Nah, he's not even top. He's top twenty five. Okay, but is that a is that a quarterback situation? No. Hey, if you're top thirty, you're. I'm just thinking of like people that are just physically different. Yeah. Like the moment you see him step on the field, you're like, wow. Have we mentioned Debo? No, nah, I mean, he's top 20, top 15. Mm. And I like the guy. I mean, he might be top 30. If you're top 30, you're someone's number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. That's totally. not like it's a bad thing. No, it's not. Robbie Anderson. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chad said favorite Titans receiver, Derek Mason and A.J. Brown. Derek Mason's got a real good name. That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) He says, shout out to Kevin. There are no flags on the field. Dyson as well. Perry says, Fred Bolitnikoff. We know this Perry guy, right? I do. How old is he? Mm, nah, he's not. He watched Fred Bolitnikoff play. He's not Fred Bolitnikoff old. He just threw it out there because it's the college award for the He's probably around my dad's age, 50s. So, yeah. Chad throws out another name. For the Titans, and we did not bring up Cooper Cup. Should we bring up Cooper Cup? No. Chad brought up Puka Nakua. I don't bring up either of those. Puka Nakua, system guy, is an absolute freak show. I saw a video today of Sean McVay and I guess their GM talking about drafting him and how much Sean McVay wanted him and how he was going to utilize him. Oh, when they got him in the fifth round or whatever, yeah. he was ecstatic. Like he was like we. That's the guy. Like we're done. BYU, I believe. Yes. Ah, Mr. Alan Moy says old school Redskins Charlie Taylor, Dolphins Paul Warfield. He's going back. Is Terrell Owens anybody's favorite? Mm, Obviously not know, here. Man. I man, feel like he tough. just like burned bridges everywhere. Like he yeah. was like such a phenomenal player and athlete. That one season in Philly. But like, I the hated. good season. The good season in Philly, not the bad season. He was entertaining. I hated T.O. I mean, he played for the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners. Like, he never played for a team that I wanted you to liked. win. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, if he was doing all that stuff on my team, I would have probably loved him. But I, I think it was more that I was happy to see, like, Donovan McNabb with, like, friends. <laughs> I don't think they were friends. I don't think they were friends, but it, like you had you had teammates or something. I, I, I was a Donovan McNabb guy. I wanted him to win. I used to love when Sean Taylor would punk Tio. That would that would. What's your get like me top hyped. Tio memory? Getting smoked on the star, maybe. That's my quarterback. Uh, yeah, George Teague hitting him on the star. I that think was for, awesome. I think for me, it's the workout in the driveway on yeah. ESPN doing uh, sit ups. Yes, I think that's the one for me. Like Sports Center, ESPN he had, had somebody bar, drive right? over there. Yes, <laughs> and he's out there in the driveway. That's before like that's pre social media, pre like 
yeah just he's being able, in court just, just being able to like look in at somebody's life and that was that was just a different time it was a it was a wild scene i think mine <laughs> is when he was on in max opinion on pirate <laughs> <laughs> download it now wherever you get your podcast uh it is a shame that antonio brown is a complete yeah he's, knucklehead. he's going down the the to route. he had some of the most insane years it was in, crazy so in 20 Pittsburgh. 2013 110 catches 1499 yards 2014 129 catches 1698 yards Ooh. 2015 136 catches 1834 yards dang the season after that 106 for 1284 after that 101 for 1533 after that 104 for 1297 so that is six years in a row of 100 plus catches for over 1200 yards yeah that's impressive and even when the cte started with uh with tampa bay and all that the issues there i mean he was still doing some work there in tampa yeah brady did he did all he could to keep that guy's head on straight for one more year yeah uh chad says best celebration from a wide receiver i'm gonna go uh joe horn with the phone cell first one i thought of steve smith whenever he had his one of his uh first children scored a touchdown and then uh picked up the football and pretend like he was wiping the football's blood i'm just gonna go with a classic because it's always been my favorite and it's not one that most people you have to go way back for and that's the icky shuffle (laughs) not a wide receiver Oh, sorry. Okay, I wide apologize. Wide receiver only. Wide receiver only. You think okay. he will have his own running back day? You got to go to that era when celebrations were kind of outlawed or just, you know, frowned upon, where they all did these crazy things. Yeah, I, I love that. Randy check. Moss mooning the crowd after he scored. That is the most despicable thing I've ever seen <laughs> Joe in Buck my life. Was, yes, Joe, he was bro- in, Joe Buck did not approve. Oh my gosh, he fake mooned the crowd. Would you believe that? Yeah, that was something. But I, that was so much fun. Guys pulling out sharpies from the the, the, the padding. They would have stuff hidden in the goalposts. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Who's James? the one that did the popcorn? That, that was Tio. Ocho Cinco with the Hall of Fame jacket. Yeah, that was awesome. And one of them grabbed. Remember they had the TV camera too, and they were operating the TV camera. Tio did a good one too, where he joined the cowgirls in celebration i want to say yep and got in the line and started doing their moves <laughs> tyreek hill tried to bring it back this year you remember he did the backflip with the person's cell phone yeah, in that the end was zone. cool and that was and cool. then he got into the stands and like jumped up and down with the fans and then the nfl was like uh they executed that guy. there'll be none of that <laughs> <laughs> they shipped him off to another country <laughs> that guy's in gitmo all right jamie says who did the electric slide as a receiver celebration so I want to say Ernest Givens used to do this thing where he'd like slide and then he'd start shaking like that. Is that <laughs> what you're talking about? Because I do remember that from uh, back in the day. Mm. I, 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 I failed to remember which. No, it was Jimmy Graham, I think, that did it. But he he's not a wide receiver. The dunk. Though, technically. Yeah, the dunk. Although, and that got outlawed because he yeah. like screwed up a goalpost. Yeah. yeah, messed up a goalpost. Yeah, I always go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say like I'm not for finding celebrations or outlaw, but that one's pretty practical. Like if you're gonna have to like take time to fix <laughs> the goalpost, with the equipment, I get it. No yeah. more dunks. Right. Yeah. yeah. I always like when Steve Smith went to the camera and said, "If you see this face, that means I scored." Then scored again and said, "If you see this face again, that means I scored again." <laughs> Let's take a break. Wrap up hour number two. Good good discussion. 
strong. Oh, make me over. When we return, P-Mace was in Minji's Coliseum earlier today. What's going on with ECU women's basketball? Three straight losses. Uh, Patrick has at least a couple of answers on that. We'll talk about that. Preview ECU North Texas. More to go. Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price swings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. They're open every day and have two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, filling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, huge news uh, for Ravens fans. Tight end Mark Andrews, a full participant in today's practice. Boy, that adds a lot to uh, Baltimore and their offense as they get ready for the Texans and potentially the winner of Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, P. Mace, uh, you were at Menji's Coliseum earlier today and saw East Carolina's women lose another one, this time to Rice at home. And asked the question, you know, a while back, will these injuries catch up to East Carolina? It appears they have at this point. And uh, another loss today. And the Pirates dropping to nine and seven overall, two and three in league play. Yeah, that's right. The injuries are starting to get them. And this this team, I, I really never thought. Um, I don't know about never, but especially watching them last year in the first half of this year, I didn't think defense would be an issue. Um, got some injuries to some key players, and now all of a sudden that defense is an issue. They're not turning over teams um, as often as they have been. Um, they've always been, you know, top in the country doing that. They're not really getting in those passing lanes. They're not covering the three. Um, they gave up nine more threes today. I think against Tulane, they gave up like 13. Um, they're just not kicking out. Um, they're just all out of sorts on defense right now, and they cannot score enough. Like They lost 80 to, I think it was 67 today. They're not scoring 80 points. And if you can't hold teams to you know under 80, you're not going to win many games. And that's the problem right now. So they've allowed 80, 81, 73 in their last three games. They've scored 67, 55, and 64. But if I told you East Carolina was going to score 67 points, you yeah. feel pretty good that's a win right? under Kim McNeil, right? For sure. I mean, remember they, last year they were winning games scoring in the 40s. Like, that was... I mean, that was a, they've clearly improved on offense a little bit, but that defense has taken some steps back. And it's really just, I mean, you lose a couple key players. Sania Johnson is probably one of their best defenders. I know uh, Danae McNeil gets a million steals, and she was a defensive player of the year in the conference, but Sania Johnson makes that thing go. She is up at the, the top of that defense, really disrupting people. And if you don't have that, you got to fill in a little bit. Um, and this is obviously, even on offense, I mean, definitely no knock. It's a Karina Gordon, a freshman. She's done a great job playing point. Um, but it's just a different role for her. You know, she's got to find ways to facilitate where when she was coming in, they thought, hey, you, we can stick you in the corner. You can shoot some threes, you know, just kind of 
kind of get going a little bit. Now she's got a lot on her plate, so they got a lot going on. Um, I think Kim McNeil's got to do some serious coaching here to kind of get these guys back on track. Yeah, uh, Shirley mentioned you know some positives from the loss earlier and brought up Morgan Mosley with 15 points today. Um, Karina Gordon only had six. Bobby Smith, uh, you're looking for somebody to step up in the absence of their, your injured player. So who are some uh, some girls that could do that? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I, I look to Bobby Smith, probably especially. I think she can find a nice role here. Um, I think they're really hoping, um, you know, you don't want to, a freshman, it's hard to say, hey, go out and score 20 for me. But I like the way Karina's been shooting. She does stretch the floor for them. Um, I, I think they would like her to, to kind of keep doing that. Um, I think they also want her to facilitate more, get, get in the assist game, kind of just run that offense a little bit. Um, also, I, I think the two players who are not injured and they're on the team, the, the two Weiss twins, um, I think that you got to score more with them. You got to, especially if you go big with those two and Amaya, that's three players over six foot three. I mean, you got to be able just to, to destroy teams inside, and they, they haven't been able to do that yet. So there's definitely some room for some improvement, and they got they got to find it. And it's all on this roster. I, I think they can get it done. They just got to find the right spots for everybody. So the women lose early in the day to Rice. Uh, Mike Schwartz's team will take the floor coming up in about two hours when they take on North Texas. Uh, Patrick, can you hang out one more second? Yeah. All right, we'll take our break. We'll come back, and we'll talk ECU North Texas little NFL playoffs and more with P-Mace and the crew back with you. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go is down on Main Street. Down on Main Street's famous weekday lunch specials are only $7.99. You can stop by for the house salad with grilled chicken, the half club sandwich with chips or everyone's favorite, the fried shrimp plate. After work, Down on Main Street is the perfect spot for dinner and drinks on the patio. And you can join Down on Main every Wednesday for half price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Down on Main Street, on Main Street, in historic downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, Hour 3. Got Jacob Jenkins Coward, Ryan McChrystal joining us later on. We've hit uh, some Pirate football with Jack Powers. Some women's hoops, some men hoop, men's hoops earlier in the show. We'll talk more Pirate basketball now with Patrick Mason. But first, Steve is asking, what is Patrick's favorite chunky soup commercial? Oh man, that is good. Who are the uh, chunky soup people? We had Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb. Donovan. Um, who else was on the chunky campaign? Whereas Eli was he uh, ever on there? One of, the Man- one of the Mannings was the bus. Bus, yes, the bus. The bus is a perfect chunky soup. Uh, yeah, I, there might have been more Steelers that were chunky. Like Big Ben might have been one. He might, yeah, that's a good call. I think he might have been. They might have continued on down the list with Steeler guys for a little while there. Mm. See if I can find some guys. Uh, Reggie White, John Elway, Terrell Davis, Jerome Bettis, Donovan McNabb, Brian Urlacher. Okay. Chunky Soup guys. Now he just hawks his uh, hair, I don't know, Urlacher. removal, the opposite of hair removal, hair growing stuff. 
Was he still a legend in uh, Chicago? Yeah, I think so. He's kind of a weird dude, but yeah. Does he have a lot of hair now? Yeah, he does. He's got a full head of hair. I might need to talk to <laughs> like, him. It, it's a, he I has, think Luke Kuechly might. If you drive anywhere like near the Chicago area, there's like you can't drive without seeing nine billboards of him with hair. <laughs> like it's it's wow. crazy. You see he, that, Glenn? He kind of looks like Costanza when he puts on the the <laughs> it's wig. It's not becoming. <laughs> no, it, it looks it's odd. Like he's supposed to be. Yeah, a bald he's supposed guy. to be. That's like if Stone Cold had a mop. It right. just doesn't work. Do you yeah. really want hair, Glenn? No. No. Okay. You said you needed to talk to him. You were joking. I was joking. Okay. I didn't know if you were a guy that wanted hair because, yeah, I was going to tell you, I don't think you should go that route. No, I've, I've accepted. You look like you you look like you should look. It right. started dipping at 16, so I figured it was like, <laughs> really? you know what they say, God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to see your head. That's it. Kenny's asking, uh, has Patrick ever gone to down on Main Street in Washington to eat? No, I have not. I know who has. Jacob Jenkins Coward, who will join us in a moment. He's a big fan. I got to get a menu down low then. Uh, Kenny says they have really good soups. Hey, let's go. I'm in. I'm, I'm on a search. I was literally looking the other day. I was Googling, where can I get some soup? And I actually ended up landing on Panera the other day just because yeah. I wanted some soup. And, you know, I, I got to get some more soup. I um, showed you a tweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. How did that end up? I saw that. I meant it was to follow good. up. Adding chicken to it was good because I've made like... I say make like I just kind of put everything together and just let it do its and thing. do a vegetable type soup, uh, but I put chicken in it this time and it was really good and really added to it. So I was uh, I was happy with it. I ate the, I ate all of it. You did your second Saturday well. Yeah, That's right. second Saturday oh, uh, yeah. on Sunday. That was good stuff. All right, um, ECU basketball tonight. Underdogs to North Texas. Do. I don't like this line. I, I I get it. North Texas is pretty good, but. Why do you not like it? Coming from Denton to North to Eastern North Carolina on a Wednesday night, mm. so, I, I think Vegas missed missed on this one. Okay, I think the wrong team's favored. Are we getting optimistic clip because they're at home? Yeah, and they're coming off a loss. Okay, and Brandon Johnson just had the worst game of his basketball life. Yeah, he's not gonna he's gonna have eighteen tonight. Yeah, there's no way he he stays down for multiple games like that. Ezra looked amazing on Saturday. He even hit like a jumper. I think he's going to have a good game. RJ, like I think Dario high for Ezra the other day. Yep. I think North Texas is getting East Carolina at a bad time. If you're a uh, a Mean Green fan, yeah. And I think the attitude leaving that loss uh, was it Sunday or Saturday, whenever that was. Um, it was like guys, like we're we're close. We we just got to finish. I, I feel like I like that that attitude. I like that. Well, they weren't close on the Saturday. Loss. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, just when they tried to make that little run, I don't know. I, I feel like that that loss somehow just kind of put a taste in their mouth where they're saying, like, now is when we got to kind of figure it out and start going. I, I just had a good vibe from how they handled that loss, I guess, is what I'm saying. I had a weird feeling leaving Minji Saturday. First of all, I left really early because yeah. I knew they weren't <laughs> going to come back because the team they played was really, really good. Um, but I wasn't mad at the result. I wasn't even mad at the refs. Like I, I was not mad at all. They got they got beat. They got beat by a much better team. By a tournament team. By a team that we need to look like at some point. Yep. That that's the goal. I feel like if you try to model that off of SMU, I mean they they had the pieces and they looked like a good basketball team. Yeah. And as Pat, we were talking about it off the air, they were fun to watch. I love their style of play. I love pressure, pressing, full court. Um, if they got a an open look early in the shot clock take it hell most of the time they take it because they'll get an offensive rebound it felt like oh yeah uh but they were just a good team east carolina i just i like their uh their bounce back here 
and it, I, I hate i feel like we've been saying this for no matter who the coach is no matter who the players are they didn't give up they didn't quit and they didn't right it's true so i think they're going to come out fight tonight and uh and get a win yeah i think so too you know you just mentioned it like i like that fight and that's that's part of the reason why i just like the end of that game and the response to that game was not just like oh well they're better than us it was like all right you know what what can we do to kind of get there and you know not let this happen and i like that yeah expect a big one from brandon tonight chandler how you feeling i'm feeling pretty good just you know coming off a loss and i think they can bounce back and um i like that we're at home um and you know i i feel like the line's all right but i still feel like east carolina can go out there and get a win tonight um you know and, and dominate defensively and we, we need a bounce back game from brandon johnson no way that we see him do what he did on saturday back-to-back games um, so looking for a big game from him. Hopefully get another big game from Ezra as he had one on Saturday. So I think the Pirates get it done. North Texas riding a little too high here. Uh, they are 10-5. and five. Their losses are to St. John's, LSU, Boise State, Fordham, and Mississippi State. They are 3-0 and in league play. This isn't a 4-0 league team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have beaten Wichita State by 12, Tulane by 14, Temple by 18. So just right. double-digit dubs in there. They've been blowing everybody out. Yeah. Okay. Time to bring that spacecraft back to planet Earth. If you can get ECU's big three going. So every time I watch him, RJ is so fun to watch because even if he's not you know scoring, if his shots aren't falling, that dude is jumping over someone to get rebounds. He's everywhere on the court. I feel like that's he's hard to just keep down. Like you said, Brandon's got a bounce back coming. Ezra, he's got to follow up that. I mean, I, I think it's shaping up where it could be a good competitive game. Uh, yeah, and uh, we will be there tonight, and we'll have some late-night sports trivia going on uh, at A.J. McMurphy's. We'll tip that off around 9.15 or so when people file in, and we'll play kind of an expedited edition. But we'll have a, a fun night at A.J.'s after East Carolina and North Texas. So looking forward to that. Chon, you probably won't be appearing with you. No. Yeah. No, what? The, yeah, I'll be there. I'll try to be there. AJ's? I, yeah. Okay. I'll try to be there. I'm usually out of the press conference about 9.30, 9.25, and then I usually head that way. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be there yeah. having fun. So uh, come on out. Uh, we'll be watching some college hoops, some uh, NBA, NHL, and uh, have a good night at AJ McMurphy's. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. P Mace, um, no Bears news since we last talked to you. No, they're still searching for a coordinator, offensive coordinator, and you know just a lot of talk about what the Bears are going to do with that first pick. Caleb Williams or Justin Fields? Mm. And how? what are you feeling like? I'm feeling more and more like they're, like they're probably going to go Caleb Williams, I think. Um, they're, no, honestly, if they have Caleb Williams, will they keep Justin Fields on the roster? Or no, yeah. I, I don't see that happening. So he'll go somewhere. Yeah, they're going to have to trade him because um, that's just not fair to either of those guys i think and also you just want to maximize as much as you can like if you keep justin fields on the roster for his you know year where i think it's his last year before you got to make a decision on his option like you can't just sit him all year i, I don't know that's so not good for you either if they decide hey we're gonna roll with fields they probably trade that number one pick to somebody yep um but who do they end up selecting yeah maybe you go you know best available maybe get a good receiver harrison maybe, uh, yeah harrison um I don't know who know pass rusher. I mean, someone. There's got to be some elite game changers in the top ten because they have the, right now the number one pick and the number nine pick. 
Um, so you got a lot of options for sure. I, I would love to see, because that, that was my thought initially. If Fields is good, you keep him and you trade the pick and you got a boatload more picks. Who knows? You get a player in return, draft some guys at the top, and all of a sudden you got a great team. Um, but the, yeah, the more I... Fields yeah. is good, but not great. So I think you got to take a swing at greatness. I've read enough to get talked out of Caleb Williams and even Washington fans have tried to talk it out, but I, I think I want Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. And Drake may have heard, you know, he reminds people of Justin Herbert a little bit, just some of the throws he can yeah. make. But like, I don't know if that moves the needle for me either. Yeah. So I, I think, I feel like it's that, that first pick is, I don't know. Like, like I said, you, you just got to take that swing at greatness. I mean, why, why not? Take a swing at greatness. Just put, put that on it. a t-shirt. <laughs> You got to you got to try. And Chan will hope that uh, Bryce Young will end up being something. I hope, and I'm hanging on to him. Do you just cover your eyes watching Texans games now? <laughs> Actually, I just kind of sit there and, and mesmerize by C.J. Stroud. He, he's something. He's he's pretty good. All right, P. Mace. Thanks for joining us. You can check out his work on the pages of the Daily Reflector, online reflector.com. He'll be in Minji's for the second time today, uh, coming yep. up tonight. Uh, anything else you're working on with the Reflector? No, just some hoop stuff. We got baseball media day coming up Monday. Um, so starting to switch seasons here. Starting to think about it at least. So, yeah, always staying busy. Good stuff. Thank you for joining us. We'll uh, take a time out, come back, and talk some ECU baseball with Jacob Jenkins-Coward and Ryan McChrystal. We'll get an update on how the build-up to the 2024 season is going. When we return, Pirate Radio Live, if you got questions for the guys, you can get them in on Facebook, X, and YouTube back with you. Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's in downtown Washington is the place to shop for all of your clothing needs, whether it's the great selection of men's suits and sports coats, uh, the beautiful dresses and casual attire for women, or the new collection of barber outerwear for both men and women. Russell's has you covered. The Russell's clothing has served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for over 40 years. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Talking a little hoops with a couple of baseballers, Ryan McChrystal and Jacob Jenkins Coward. Joining us in the Pirate Radio studios. Uh, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Great. Great. Uh, we are a month away from pirate baseball at what point do you guys start to kind of feel it that it's baseball season uh when we get back from the winter we all feel like 
not that it's coming right up, but that it's time to really ramp it up and get going. Obviously, we're not looking too far ahead, but we also know that everything matters even more on a bigger level. So we're definitely getting after it right when we get back. And you guys, you know, work during the off season. So JC, what does really ramp it up mean? What are you doing maybe differently now than you were a month ago? I'd say uh, a couple of lifestyle changes. Guys start to really rein it in um, and focus on what needs to be focused on and um, really flip the switch from fall practice development individually to uh, team-based development in the spring. Does lifestyle changes include food? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> kind of everything. How does the diet change, Ryan? Um, for me, I'm like just trying to drink like more water and not snacking late at night. I'm not very good at it. JC always says something about how I have like a bag of chips laying next to me, but I'm, like, as long as it's one instead of two, I think we're getting somewhere. All right, fair enough. JC, you a pretty healthy eater as it goes? I haven't had McDonald's in about a month. Okay. And it's... It's been it's been tough, but it's but my body is thanking me as, as the practices go on. <laughs> and uh, last time we talked to you, JC, you said you are feeling great health wise, yeah, right, going really into good. this year. Uh, how about yourself, Ryan? How you feeling? I feel amazing. I feel definitely the best that I felt since my freshman year. Obviously, last year I had all those problems and stuff, but we're doing such a good job taking care of my body, and that's definitely the biggest thing that I've focused on going into the spring because it's kind of the time that it happened last year. I would go hit at night and not really stretch, and then do the same thing the next day and it just kind of took its toll on me and I didn't really rein it in when I needed to so that's kind of the biggest thing for me I feel as good as I possibly can so I'm trying to keep that going I was yeah I was going to ask what you can do to avoid said injuries uh, you mentioned the word stretch there is there like is it overdoing it as well do you need to know when to kind of put it up and, uh, yeah. and, and take a break yeah absolutely so especially catching wise for me just as a taller catcher I've had to work on my hip mobility and stuff just because the second you kind of get tired, your back takes the strain. And so the more I can work on that, the more that it's helped my back. And I kind of treat it like it's a dormant volcano. So I'm trying to <laughs> keep it dormant. And so obviously I'm in really, really good shape now. So yeah, just reeling it in when I need to, but also knowing that I have to do stuff to a certain level in order to be successful. So uh, when do you guys have your first official uh, practice with the coaches and everything? That's later this month? Friday the 26th. Okay. Because the banquet is the 27th, I'm assuming that is uh yep correct that weekend so it's that weekend yeah so right now it's still kind of individual work for you guys yeah yeah bullpens lots of bullpens lots of bullpens well yeah. and you have uh lots of catchers on this roster to catch those bullpens right yeah now, I, I was talking to somebody this has got to be the deepest this team has been a catcher in a long time mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think so i'm i love our catching staff i think that the way that we get after it every day and really what jada and i tried to preach to especially Walker, the other freshman catcher that catches a lot of bullpens more so because Jason's kind of splitting his time, is how important your development is in the bullpen and treating it like it's a game scenario. My freshman year, I wasn't a very good catcher defensively, and so once I was able to make the mindset switch, which it took longer than I wanted, once I was able to flip the switch and kind of – sorry, I'm messing with my headset here. I can't figure it out. You put it on the table if you want. I honestly right here. I look pretty good. I'm yeah, sure. you look cool. Um, but yeah, once I was able to make the mindset switch and kind of dominate bullpens and treat that like the game, I was able to make the biggest jumps and just being able to keep doing it even if you don't see results every day. Uh, so are bullpens, are they throwing everything at you, every pitch they've got? So that's why you say treat it uh, like it is a game. So who, uh, I don't know, what, what pitchers are standing out as you're catching these bullpens right now? Um, obviously you got Trey and Root. I've caught all of Root's pens and I just love the way his stuff looks right now. He's just unbelievable everything's ticked up his slider and cutter like 86 miles an hour right now just in bullpens and 
everything just got that extra life on it. I'm really excited to see the jump that he makes because I just see the way that he's worked differently this year. And then you got a bunch of guys. You got Ethan Norby, really impressive as a freshman. And then really the entire junior class, I feel like, has taken that next step. You got Shankman, Jaden Winter, Eric Ritchie, just all really elite arms. I talked to Carter Cunningham last, uh, I think last Friday. And he said, you know, before getting that call from the Guardians, his stuff was 94 to 96, which was up from where he was at ECU. So do you guys see those gains from pitchers like coming back this year? Like, man, this guy, he's a little different than last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, JC, you can talk about that a little bit hitting wise, just the differences in guys that you've seen. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, the the summer ball development. Guys kind of take their stuff into their own hands. I mean, you, you see what Trey did from over one summer. He, he was, uh, you know, two pitch guy out of the pen and then um, really made himself into a starter over the summer. And then uh, you, you can really see that from year to year, especially with young guys as they get older. Uh, JC, how about from a hitter's perspective, what have you done this offseason to uh, improve yourself? I'd say I uh, worked with Coach Lartigue on uh, just simplifying a lot of things in, in the swing. Uh, there's nothing uh, particularly wrong with my swing, but um, <clears throat> long, so I have a lot of moving parts, and we try to make the long things as short as possible. Yeah, I mean, you do have a long swing, but when you have the limbs your size, it's it's going to work that way, right? So, I mean, uh, is there is there anything you can do to to speed that up? Uh, I think for me, it's about timing. I mean, if I'm late, uh, to, you know, when you're late and you're trying to catch up, you, you rush, which uh, makes your barrel drag, makes you get long. But being on time, being being ready early, um, has been a really uh, big thing for me. Getting ready earlier than the than the pitcher. Uh, I, I've yet to uh, talk to Coach Lartigue, who you brought up a moment ago. We'll talk to him Monday at Media Day. Uh, Ryan, what has he brought to this program so far? I think he's awesome. I think he's such a baseball mind that, like, I don't know, especially as another guy that just kind of breathes baseball, it's fun to talk to him about everything, hitting, catching. It's been huge catching-wise for my receiving. He's kind of just simplified that to where, like he said, he's a taller hitter. I'm a taller catcher. So simplifying the ability to receive the baseball efficiently and consistently he's been awesome for me and then hitting wise he's very uh, he adjusts very well to different hitters and understands the differences in hitters and how we can all have the same approach and how we can go about it differently and be successful as a unit uh so jeff palumbo works with the infielders austin Knight's a pitching coach lartique hitting coach so is lartique helping you defensively catching yeah how about in the outfield Who? that is old blake hardegree okay and brian packard Yes, I was going to ask about Pack. What's yeah, he's uh, hitting an outfield? Yeah, yeah. How what's uh, what's Pack brought to the program there, Ron? Uh, I love talking to him just about his approach, kind of hitting wise. Obviously, he was an incredible hitter. Yeah. I think that's the biggest jump that I've had to make this year. I think I've always had the ability to hit really well, but I think what kind of kept me back was trying to do too much in certain situations and not really sticking to one set approach and kind of trying to dominate that I think that's the big jump that a lot of really good hitters have to end up making and so just talking to him on how he approached different guys and he's faced a lot of really good arms and he's really helped me dial in like what it means to have timing to go oppo but be able to still pull the baseball because it's always something I was a little bit confused on so he just kind of clarified a few things for me and then kind of opened up my eyes to how important a good approach is uh middle of the infield uh, could look the same when we start this season how about the corner infield no moylan no 
AMAC, but uh, Carter Cunningham, we know a lot about him, but him taking over at first base, Cam Clonch there as well, and Dixon Williams uh, and others at third base. Uh, how are we looking at the corner infield guys with some, some new pieces there? I just think it's very deep. I mean, Carter and Cam, I mean, they're interchangeable. I mean, they're both could do the job every day. Um, I think Dixon's really grown into his own at third base. And uh, same thing with uh, transfer Chaz Myers. I mean, he's come in and you know, taking the bull by the horns, just not really afraid of anything. And uh, then you also have Colby Wallace over there, who's he's rocking the two-way life right now. He's still throwing bullpens and everything, but still gets his work in over there. Uh, when Austin Knight was here last week, somebody brought up that they saw Cam Clanch pitch uh, year, a couple years ago or whatever. Uh, when is the last time y'all got on the pitcher's mound? Uh, like high school? Or? I have a good story about that, actually, because I came in kind of as a two-way. I kind of like separated more as a hitter and catcher. Like my guess my junior summer going into my senior year and kind of just ran with that but i threw a bullpen at charlotte or not at charlotte at charleston uh my freshman year and our manager brady austin caught me and i hadn't thrown a bullpen in forever just was ripping it and i had never felt more bad for a human being in catcher's gear than i did him that day <laughs> I, I i bounced almost every slider and they, they weren't just like just barely getting behind the play like they were halfway there sometimes like <laughs> That's when we kind of decided to hang up, hang up the the pitching glove, and decide to stick with the catcher's glove. But I don't know. I were you pretty so, good in high school? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always thrown hard. It's just yeah. a matter of where it's going to go. <laughs> right. I broke a kid's jaw actually in <laughs> high school. That was another time he was playing first base. Actually, I uh, was kind of a weirdo when I pitched too, like most pitchers are. And so I hit the kid in the jaw at Lake Point in Atlanta, and I thought that it hit his helmet. It sounded like a helmet, that's for sure. Oh, it, yeah. it was actually just his jaw, but. <laughs> it's not funny, but <laughs> you're the only one laughing. But it's because I know I know what I'm about to say is I went over to him because we've been really good friends a long time. So what time. is this like a travel situation? Yeah, yeah okay. we're in Atlanta, and so I'm pitching in front of Dan Roselle at the time, and yeah. I hit this kid in the jaw. I walk over to him, and I go, "MFR won't get up, man." I hit him right in the helmet. He goes, "He's bleeding. You broke his jaw. Look at the ground." And he points over there, and I was like, "Oh, now I feel awful." But yeah. <laughs> All right, there's the pitching expertise of Ryan McChrystal. Uh, if we need an inning, maybe he can still get you one. Yeah, I'll put up some velo potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever pitch, uh, JC? I threw off the mound. Yeah, we'll put it's it like a way. Randy Johnson, like a tall. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was more about the imaginary square. I couldn't find that, but yeah, nine ball. I actually have a hit off JC in our, in my career. Nice. Yeah, you can find that video on YouTube if anyone wants to look that up. By the way, Jacob Jenkins Howard pitching. Just look that up. I'll get a hit off in the video every time. Do you have video of you hitting the guy in the jaw? Uh, no, but if I did, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, let's uh, get a break in. Uh, we'll come back more with JC and Ryan McChrystal. I'll talk a little NFL playoffs. Uh, pass on that conversation. <laughs> Ryan, I swear, last time we talked to you, the Eagles were like 10-1. and one. Yeah, you'd think that uh, you'd be able to win at least like two more games, but... Mm, mm, mm. Uh, we'll get into that as much as Ryan wants to talk about it. And more. If you got a question for the guys, you can get it in uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, X, more to go. Pirate Radio Live after this.
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Make sure you tune in to the Holden Ehlers Show. We uh, air it Thursdays and Fridays at 6 o'clock right after Pirate Radio Live. Uh, you can also find it on YouTube. It'll premiere tomorrow, and uh, or episode two, I should say, premieres tomorrow. You can subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube to watch the show. You can also find it uh, on our Pirate Radio podcast channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can download it there and listen and enjoy. And also follow the Holt Naylor Show on X for show drops, the latest guest updates, show topics, contests, and more. Be sure to follow at Holt Ehlers Show and at PR927FM to stay plugged in. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Jacob Jenkins Cower, Ryan McChrystal here in the Pirate Radio Studios. Uh, this question comes from Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon on PTI. This is for you, Ryan. Uh, should Nick Sirianni's job be in jeopardy? Nah, I just told JC it's like the most ridiculous thing to have an 11 and 7 year and have your job in question. Like, obviously, they didn't finish great, but talking about a guy that went to the Super Bowl last year and had an incredibly good start to this year. It just so happened that it didn't go the right way, but I think it'd be crazy to fire a guy that's had that much success recently. I feel like it would be at least somewhat similar to Doug Peterson, right? Because he won a Super Bowl, and then things went a little south, but uh, got rid of him not too long after a Super Bowl win. Yeah, we tend to have a quick quick uh, trigger with that, but I'm really hoping they let him stick around for a little bit, because it seems like he's a Philly guy through and through, and players love playing for him, so I'd love to see what he can continue to do. And you don't have the answers, because I heard you, you yourself say, what the hell went wrong with this team? 1-5 and five down the stretch, now 1-6 and six with the playoff loss, and looked like a completely different team than they did in, say, November. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it looked like our defenders were just, like, chest-pumping the running backs oh, and receivers. Yeah, Trey and I were going around the uh, training room the other day, just like jumping in the air and bumping our chest, saying that we were the same thing as like Bradbury and all them, because it just looked like they had no intentions of actually taking him to the ground. It was hard, hard watch. Man, it was the best postseason for a Washington football fan since 1992. Watching the Cowboys and yeah. Eagles get destroyed, you at least got a little joy out of Sunday, right? Yeah, I did. People are going to try and say it's the same kind of game, but. At least our game was a little more competitive for a little longer. The Cowboys game was twenty-seven nothing. So, same also the same amount of playoff wins last year as they have since two thousand two. So hmm, there you go. Do you have? Uh, are you jumping on board with anybody? Do you care who wins the Super Bowl now? I don't really. I'd actually honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing the Niners win it. Like Christian McCaffrey, I don't know. I just love him, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. JC, you got any Rudy interest here? So the beginning of this NFL season. <laughs> My roommates, Ryan, Aaron, and Wyatt, you know, they tasked me and uh, Wyatt with choosing an NFL team to root for. Well, you know, I had a couple, like, parameters that I chose around and ended up being the Lions because I thought they were going to be a mediocre team that I could, you know, jump on board and, you know, they'll be good in the next few years. Yeah. I can't root for them now. They're too good. Like, (laughs) that is just, I'm not going that low. Uh, You're a Lions hat now, though. I do have. A, I do. Dude, have they a, are. They would be a fun. They got a great, a fun coach, fun offense. They got Eminem. Why not just I mean, go all the way in? It, you're not a front I mean, runner because, because but you know why? Because I walked into the facility with a Lions hat on one day, and Coach Palumbo 
borderline cursed me for it <laughs> because he's been a Commanders fan for yeah. 84 years or something like that. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like was, if you go on track, like become a Pistons fan too, and say you you bleed Detroit, and they're like four and twenty eight or something. Well, if you're going that route, you might, might as well jump on the home state team now and just be a Panthers fan. Can't do that. I, can't do that. I, I mean, like, so I don't know what you're looking for here. He's set in stone. I feel like you already decided at the end of the year. They were what three and one when you picked them. Right. Yeah. Two and one. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. that's fair. You didn't. You're not a front runner. I don't think. Now, he's even got his own. Like uh, you call wife beater tank top white tank top that he wrote lions on in sharpie like he's got a I mean that's pretty official right there it doesn't get more official than that uh, lions and bucks coming up this weekend you can hear all the playoff action right here on pirate radio if you are out and about um, Jamie says a football question here all right so Nick Sirianni probably won't get fired let's say Sirianni does get fired would you rather have Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick oh Donnie. <laughs> Donnie K, he's available. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want Bill Belichick because I feel like I don't know. Like if I was Bill Belichick, I get that I have 15 wins, so I'm like the all-time wins leader or whatever it is, or he's something close. It's uh, it's around like 28 or so. It's oh, like so three seasons. But yeah, no, I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like he doesn't have that much left to prove. He's already one of the greatest coaches of all time. I feel like he should just tip his cap, kind of like Saban didn't get on out of there, but. I don't know. I wouldn't mind Jim Harbaugh, um, but really, I'm not a football expert like that, so I'd leave that to the experts. Yeah, out of these two options, because my team does need a coach, I would take Harbaugh. I just think Belichick, look, he's a legend, but at this point in his career, we've seen what the Patriots have been without Brady, and they have been not only not good, they have been downright bad. Yeah, it's also not his fault that Mac Jones is horrendous, but I'm with you on that. No, but he does a lot to bring in those guys, right? Like, he makes those decisions. So, he is not a good team builder, um, at least lately. So, uh, I, I don't know. I would go hardball. But I want, hey, I want your uh, Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, as my head coach. Mike Vrabel, one of those guys would be nice. So, do you, do you know the players and coaches, or do you just say, I'm a Lions fan? Uh, I, I, I literally stopped watching, like, once they were, like, Eight and two. <laughs> so like, I, I, but I, I can name it. You, you asked me some positions, I can name a few guys. I did something similar with that with the Premier League because it was going to come on here in the United States. And I was like, hey, I want to jump on a team. So I took a, I did a whole big production on who I'm going to take. I took a Swansea City. It was like a lower level team. They had two great years since they've been kicked out, booted out because they weren't good enough, the relegation. And now I don't watch them because they don't come on American TV anymore. They're not in the Premier League. But Picking a team and watching them grow is kind of fun. Yours just grew a little too fast, I guess. Yeah. My Premier League team was uh, Ted Lasso's team. That's kind of who I followed. Was that Richmond, I believe? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure that's what it is. Richmond AFC. So, uh, good show. Good show. Ryan McChrystal here, Jacob Jenkins Coward, as we get ready for the ECU baseball season. So, uh, media day on Monday. Banquet coming up uh, a couple of Saturdays from now. I'll get you guys thoughts on that. Uh, Ryan, what do you uh, enjoy about that evening? I love seeing all the fans come out and show out. And it's kind of just, I know it fires us up even more when we leave there. We're like, it makes it really time to go. Obviously, it's time to go now. But it's like, once you see all the fans and like just how much love there is for ECU baseball, it just fires us up even more. We love our fans more than anything. And I don't know, I feel like it's a really good way to not reintroduce us to the fans, but just kind of get back together and get ready to rock. Interested to hear the man of few words, Gavin Williams, and what he has to say uh, up there. What players are speaking this year? Uh, do you know, JC? 
Are you one of those? No, no, it's seniors. Okay. Um, I know Carter is. Star is. Star. Um, maybe J-Dub? J-Dub and Danny? Oh, uh, Danny, yeah. He'll be talking. Good lawyer. I'm sure he'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I, I wonder if those guys are nervous. I know Danny's not nervous. No. He'll talk he to a wall. So. Ready. Yeah. He'll have some good quips. Uh, by the way, uh, Jamie, I guess who was reeling off names? Ryan earlier about pitchers, uh, or both of you guys were talking about pitchers uh, who have uh, looked good this offseason. He said, I didn't hear Danny on that list. Danny always looks good. Yeah, I feel like he's, he's been the same guy staple. for a long time. We just like to pick on Danny. Yeah, I like to also. <laughs> I'm giving credit this time. He's one of our best guys. Uh, yeah, Austin Knight gave him major props. Uh, ECU has always had a good Swiss Army knife out of the bullpen that can go long relief, short relief, start if you need to, and, and Danny seems like one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think sure. we have a few of those guys this year, for sure. I feel like we have a lot of guys that could start that obviously aren't going to get the opportunity to, but I feel like, especially like you got guys like Shankman who – Shank's like a harder-throwing Garrett Saylor, I feel like. He just got a ton of pitches that move an unbelievable amount, so pretty exciting. And baseball, different than football, where you're getting ready for the next opponent, but also you're kind of scouting ahead. With baseball, I think I talked to you about it last year, JC. You kind of get the pitching numbers and everything like the day before, the day of, basically, to go over. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, our director of player development, I think is his title, Heath Blackman. He uh, gets a, the video for – they put together a bunch of videos of the starting pitcher and send it out to us the night before. And then we go over that on our own and have a meeting, hitters meeting, pregame about it. And uh, so Ryder up first, and then a lot of familiar names with Campbell, North Carolina, uh, teams you've played in the past, uh, UNCW, uh, NC State, those teams. How much do you know about the opponents? Like, you guys watch baseball a lot, you said, right? Like, mm-hmm. ESPN Plus is on if you're not playing. So, do you typically know about the teams you will be facing? I mean, I think to an extent. I also feel like a reason that we're so consistently good is that we don't really worry about who we're playing. Yeah. I feel like it's such a cliche answer, but it's... That's a Cliff Goblin answer right there. It's very true, though. Like, yeah. we do such a great job of, like focusing on who like the very next opponent is like who we're about to play and even then we don't dive too much into it because really all it can do once you get past a certain point is get in your head a little bit more than it needs to so i think we do a great job just kind of controlling ourselves yeah i I mean if you do what you're supposed to do you're gonna win the game most times basically no matter who you're playing um with that getting in your head stuff would you want to know what pitch is coming or would that you're you're saying yes on that Ryan, you as well. Hitting is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. I have yeah. heard some say that like they don't want to think about it, but if you know a fastball is coming, you will take that. Every, Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I've heard guys say that too. Yeah. It's crazy to me. I don't know why you wouldn't. As long as like, it's 100%. Like, you know what I mean? Like As long as like we've been looking at it and we absolutely know that once we've picked it up on it, yeah. that that's coming. I feel like the only issue is like when you're a little bit in between, then I might not want to know just because then I'm guessing instead of sticking with my approach. Right. Once you absolutely know what's coming, it helps you so much because hitting, like JC says, probably the hardest thing to do in all sports. How often do you see a guy tipping where maybe you can talk about in the dugout or whatever? Do you guys see that in college baseball? Yeah. Yeah. We have guys in the dugout scouting it a lot. And it's not, I'd say guys are tipping probably every weekend, but uh, putting it into action, getting hot, like knowing what's coming, that's hit or miss because it's, it's not always consistent. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Good insight from Ryan McChrystal and Jacob Jenkins Coward. Uh, guys, we'll let you uh, run. What's on the docket for y'all uh, the rest of this week and next week uh, before you get into the, the practices? 
Um, I'm gonna be catching a couple bullpens, <laughs> a lot of bullpens, <laughs> but yeah, that and I will probably be hitting twice a day, just kind of doing the same thing that we've been doing. But yeah, that's it for me. I know I asked you guys this, but how typically how many swings do you get in a day? Would you say? Uh, at practice probably fifty. 50, 60. And then uh, Ryan's doing some math. We we go uh, we go at night uh, after hours to to get extra work in. That's probably another fifty. So round a hundo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be more than that too. Definitely, we go at night. I think we swing a lot, but definitely not too much. Good stuff. Uh, good luck, guys. We'll uh, talk again down the road. But uh, appreciate you joining us here today, Ryan McChrystal and Jacob Jenkins Coward. We'll take our final break. Come back. Get ready to wrap things up here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, The stock market had another rough day today. The Dow fell 94 points and finished at 37,266. The NASDAQ was down 88 at 14,855. And the S&P slipped 26 points, finished out the day at 4,739. That's your Wells Fargo Advisor Stock Market Report for our personal look into investing call wells fargo advisors uh, at 756-6900 in greenville wells fargo advisors llc member sipc and uh clip i just ran across something on x and it involves a guy that i loved growing up and watching coach in the nfl jerry glanville <sighs> you ruined it for me oh, i was just guessing i haven't seen what it is Oh, well, it is Jerry Glanville. He has been named defensive coordinator at Division II Northwestern Oklahoma Wait State. A he's still alive? Yes, he's 82 years old. <laughs> Brett McMurphy tweeted out about an hour ago. He says Glanville has 57 years of coaching experience, including eight years in the NFL, which I did not realize he didn't spend that much time in the NFL, but I thought he was there forever and then he disappeared so i just figured he was like you know riding off into the retirement sunset 82 i mean 82 and he's the defensive coordinator d2 school oh my goodness at 82 you should either be retired doing nothing or the president of the united states those are the only two options this is like a tony Larusa situation 82 years old and you're going to be standing on the sidelines no he's got to be a booth guy Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're right. You're He's right. You're right. Guy. With like Westerns on the TV. <laughs> Can we put the uh, the all 22 on this screen? No, I got gun smoke. Well, I didn't realize that, you know, I mean, I I remember him as the head coach of the Oilers uh, back in the day, but he also was the Falcons. Yeah, he was a head coach of the Falcons. He also worked with the Lions and the Bills on the defensive <clears throat> side of the ball. So he does have experience there. I just didn't realize, um, you know, because I only remembered him as an oiler coach. But he was, you know, back in the day when flashy coaches weren't the norm. Yeah. 
Glanville a, stood out. I he mean, would have the, the Elvis look. Oh yeah, he would. I mean, there's a picture out there with uh, him on a motorcycle, surrounded by Falcons cheerleaders. It was just he was a flashy guy before flashy became a trend in football. His his first coaching gig was defensive coordinator at Western Kentucky in 1967. Yeah, and he's done. That's some, before both of my parents were born. Yeah, it, he's done stints. It was before I was born. Um, he did stints in the C. Uh, excuse me. Yes, the CFL, the XFL, and Major League Football. I think or the what? Yeah, there's there's he, another league in there. He just was the head coach. He yeah. ran six races. He well more than that. He ran in the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. Wait, wait, wait. He was a race car driver too. Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, the Dale most interesting Earn- man in the world. Dale Earnhardt mentored Glanville at Richmond uh, International Speedway. He ran in races. Well, that's a hell of a thing to put Son on your resume. Yes, right. I'd like to be your defensive coordinator. Hey, by the way, did you know I used to race cars and Dale used to be my mentor? Can you imagine Jerry Glanville I mean, re- recruiting a 16-year-old athlete? <laughs> oh, my God. And what they have in common? absolutely nothing but somehow he's gonna do it all right fleet feet rundown brought to you by fleet feet 3d foot scanner one-on-one service everything you need to get the most comfortable shoe on your feet you can find at fleet feet uh right there at the old gordon's golf location and uh we'll do our national day update it is popeye the sailor man day he likes the spinach mm-hmm. uh wu-tang clan was always so good at the uh what do you call them analogies and uh similes and all that stuff um and just references but i remember the rizza saying chicken heads getting slim like olive oil oh. way back in the day i wasn't able to get a lot of the references uh when i was young listening to wu-tang clan but i didn't understand that one um it is national classy day very appropriate this is one day after uh nc state player shooting the double bird on national classy day we celebrate those who are graced with the ability to live their lives with class passion and who are driven to share it with others on january 17th honor those class acts and commemorate the birth of one of the most legendary comedians to ever walk the earth so i'm wondering so the picture for this is Betty White. Is she the epitome of class? I guess. I, I guess. I, I guess it depends on what you believe class is. Right. Because I've heard her say cuss words. Yeah. Is that classy? I don't know. Enduring well, jokes. when Betty White says it is classy. I guess. Um, anything Betty White says was classy. And if you've never had a chance, uh, she used to do this. Uh, she was in this television show called It's Hot and in philadelphia i think i can't remember what the name of the i think it's like hold on i heard vegas and cleveland are coming to mind hot in cleveland okay hot in cleveland i think that's what the one it is but anyway but it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah that's yeah (laughs) um but uh she there's a blooper reel with featuring betty white and it's some of the funniest bloopers i've ever heard for someone that you know is as seasoned as betty white was as far as doing television uh they were they're they're hilarious but i, I hate the word classy because usually people that say that online and say it are classless but they'll do they'll like like in a sports sense they'll yell at a guy all game you suck you're the worst you're Bad terrible call. 
you're te- you're awful you suck and the guy will finally turn around and be like shut up and they'll say Oh, real classy. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're, real classy you're a guy. classy guy. Yeah. yeah. I swear. You're real classy, aren't you? People Keep it classy, San Diego. People that say classy and class don't have class. That is my observation. Um, it is also National Bootleggers Day. It is National Hot Buttered Rum Day. So Where's the rum? Where's all of the rum? So there's some drinking for you uh, drinkers out there. I have a little bit of trivia for you. A little I, music trivia I for have you. no time. Uh-oh. No time. We got to yeah, go. We, we got to go. go. Got, got it. Got, got it. it. I got time for this, though. On this day in 1987, this classic, classic. Uh, album was released that it featured, I want to say, three or four top ten hits. What, in, what year? 1987. Thriller. Negatory. Is it Michael Jackson? No. What genre? Genre rock. Um, appetite Journey. for destruction. Negative. Master of puppets. Here's a hint. ACDC. There's a connection to Greg Hudson for this. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. I don't know what the albums are called. Is it called Bon Jovi? No. Slippery When Wet was the uh, original album. 1987. On this day was released. On this day. All right. Thank y'all for tuning in. On this day, we will see you tomorrow, three o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. Coach Hud will join us. Holt Nailers, Nadu, and more coming up Thursday, 3 o'clock for Shirley, Sean, and the crew. I am Clip Rock. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.